0: It's talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call if you want to get in on the conversation with us. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie.
1: Jay Noon.
0: And and remotely, sorry. Mark Edge. (laughs) So, tonight we have several things we want to talk about. We're going to start off with something Mark wants to talk about. And, of course, if you, listener, have something you want to bring up, you be, feel free to change the subject or tell us what you think about what we're saying. This is from Wired, Wired.com. It says, Inside Mark Zuckerberg's Top Secret Hawaii Compound. And it's from December 14th of this year. It says, Meta CEO, which is Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg... <laughs> is building a sprawling $100 million compound in Hawaii, complete with plans for a huge underground bunker. A wired investigation reveals the true scale of the project and its impact on the local community. And that sounds a little creepy.
2: Well, they're always going to say that. I mean, you know, like, Oh my goodness, your property is affecting other people's property and all that stuff. I mean, exactly. How is that happening? Uh, for, uh George Lucas. Not that I like him for much else, but George Lucas had one hell of a time with uh, Skywalker Ranch.
0: Hmm, I, what, where was that? California. No, I
2: can't remember. Was it Malibu? Maybe.
0: So I wasn't really saying that that part was creepy. That does no. scream <laughs> of, um, you know, like propaganda. Like, oh, it's impacting people. But my thing that I thought was creepy is just the fact that this billionaire wants to have a huge underground bunker.
2: As I understand it, several billionaires are building bunkers right now. And one wonders what that holds in store for 2024. Um, this is my biggest concern. The reason I bring it to the table is, is because, I mean, there's a, there's a train of thought. It doesn't mean that I think it, but I don't know whether I think it or not, that billionaires get the news before us. Yeah. Um- like maybe – the, the stuff that's going to happen, that the, the plan is that they're going to happen. So I don't know.
3: I,
0: I get that idea because um just before the show, when Jay was uh, talking about things he might want to talk about on the show tonight, one of the things he brought up was, um what's his name?
3: Warren
1: Buffett. Warren Buffett. $28.7 billion in stock rings alarm bells over the economy. Because so, it
0: makes sense that he would know something that so we don't here, know.
1: So here's the thing. When you have... You know, like we're basically in a financial, you know, death spiral. Mm -hmm. So, like Canada, for example, is I just heard is doing, going to be doing, or they're trying to do a $2,000 per person UBI, universal basic income for everybody, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Monthly? Yes, per month. So, basically, what that means. That if the government's giving you $2,000, it's basically going to cost something between like five to $20,000, you know, for the government to get that $2,000 to each and every citizen because, you know, that's the efficiency of, of you know, the red tape and bureaucracy and, you know, and then the bottom line is to pay taxes or you, you have to have a standing army to point guns at everybody to pay taxes uh, or you have to go bomb other countries to keep your currency, you know, essentially, you know, the, the the uh, leading currency that's you know what the u.s has been doing but uh what it's going to do is just going to make everything like five thousand dollars a month more expensive for everyone that's getting that two thousand dollars a month up in canada so when you have a you know so these billionaires all know that the system is in a death spiral financially it 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 can maintain i mean you're you're gonna it's getting to the point to where um you know food production is is you know on the uh the corporate like you know Tortured animal, you know, Tyson, Tyson, you know, big uh, Cargill, Monsanto uh, type, you know, uh, you know, food processing industry, the factory farms uh, aren't going to be able to function anymore because they all rely heavily on farm Mm -hmm. subsidies and farm subsidies basically only only exist because people still have faith in this, you know, U.S. dollar, for example, here. So what what, one of the things I think we're going to see in the states is that. The price of food is going to be is going to get real, and by real I mean the subsidies aren't going to work. So you're going to have a whole bunch of people that don't live on farms uh, that are going to get hungry and not able to feed their kids, and their EBT cards aren't going to work, or there there won't be food in the grocery stores. And we're already sort of seeing this because you know the the food that the welfare class is feeding their children basically is all the garbage junk food, like you know I talked about last week with like you know that's all the government subsidized stuff. Yep. And then, but when you have people that can't feed their kids um th- they're going to be you know storming the places where they think that there's food and they're going to be you know going to the rich communities and the rich areas uh kind of another reason I like New Hampshire it's, you know hopefully it's really really cold when that happens so they don't mm. get too far yeah. um but also New Hampshire is very heavily armed you know most uh, you know I know all my neighbors are going to be able to defend themselves yeah uh, that's
0: something i think about I'm,
1: um i'm pretty sure i'm going to hear lots of gunshots hmm. um you know coming from the north or the south Uh, before the mobs get to my house Hmm. Uh, you know I'm just you know it's that that's not really a good way to play it but I'm sure fewer
0: people here and um, it's like they'd have to travel long distances I I think about that kind of stuff I'm in Keene that's that's the issue I actually know that there's a welfare apartment complex that's so nice um, just like down my down from my street and it makes me wonder why it's so nice
1: because you know, government contractors probably built it, and you know, so it probably looks nice, and they want to have give it a nice, you know, a nice presentment. But is it actually nice, or is it one of these places that's like you know, you know, built with the cheapest materials and just looks pretty, like you know, what most of the modern, you know, you know, UN United Nations influenced, you know, homeowner association housing projects, you know, are you know around you know most of the big cities here in America, but. These, these billionaires, they know what's up. They're influencing it. I mean, of course, you know, a guy like Zuckerberg, you know, he, he's mining so much data. He, mm-hmm. he, you know, he knows what's going on. Like, for example, uh, you know, Amazon knows when a woman's pregnant before the woman knows when she's pregnant.
0: Wait, what? where'd you hear that?
1: Oh, there's been articles about this where, um, and so...
0: Oh cuz like she starts craving things, starts looking starts, things up. she starts, you know, looking Whoa. through
1: things and the metadata. And don't forget when you have the Amazon app on your phone, it is mining all the data from everything on your phone. So, whatever video including f- location. Yeah, so Yeah, like you
0: went to your boyfriend's house or yeah,
1: something. Yeah, location um, well, you know, it, it knows your cycle. It knows what day of your cycle it is. It probably and knows... and lots
0: of women actually just track their cycles on their phone.
1: Yep, yeah, just giving all that information right to the beast. Yeah, and so so it, it understands, <laughs> and the fact that it knows your cycle, so it knows like when a woman is like going to be more agitated, you know, which is going to be, you know, the mm. the ten days before you start your period, progesterone uh, progesterone uh, starts being produced. Uh, yeah, that checks out. And so like women are on edge; they're irritable. Uh, You know, and and they become worn out. So that that you know, algorithm could literally just be creating divorce by aggravating Mm. uh, wives, for example. Uh, I'm I'm sure it can happen, yeah. And I don't see why it is. And I mean, the algorithm, you know, especially let's say it's a Chinese influence algorithm that wants to you know socially destroy America, um, for example. You know, just TikTok. You know, it could have at it. So, but the thing is, is Amazon just wants to sell you stuff. So you know, they gather this, but. Uh, when people can't eat, when people can't get their, their dopamine hit from the internet device, when they've been programmed and conditioned for a lifetime, some people now to that's how they, oh, that's where they get their enjoyment from. Um, it's going to be like way worse, you know, than the crackhead or the heroin addict not yeah. being able to get his fix.
0: Wow. That's such a good point. Um, I was telling Jay this Mark, but yesterday Lori and I did a show together and she brought in this story that apparently in the official mental illness, I can't remember what it's called, like DSM um, books, they now have a new phobia called nomophobia, and it stands for no mobile phone phobia, which is so <laughs> stupid. Like that, it's almost like a joke. But they said that twenty percent of people actually will sweat and freak out if they don't have their phone suddenly. Like I, I, I would be really freaking upset because for one thing, Ian calls me on this number like I'd have to I, I, it would be annoying. It would be like oh, I have to get somebody who has Ian calling him you, you know, okay, I'm, I don't need to go through the whole thing. It would be annoying, but I just don't see myself reacting as if like, like I said, my grandma has a serious spider phobia. I don't think I would react like that to not having my phone. Do you?
2: I, as far as the term phobia goes, I often feel that it is over Uh, used however um, it is a long uh, tried and true path worn, where the older generation uh, looks at the things that are different about the younger generation and gets upset so I would first warn against that however I am deeply concerned with uh, young master edges behavior surrounding screens Hmm. uh, my son um he, I mean it. Like it. It seems like I just get finished talking to him, and poof, he's gone. You know, someplace hiding around the corner, looking at a screen. And it's not that that's a bad thing. I certainly look at my phone throughout the day, but it it feels different when it's your kid, and what they're consuming is a bunch of crap. Hmm. So. You know yeah i know I, what they're saying
1: i've been uh talking about this a lot uh, i've you know been actually talking with parents of teenagers uh boys actually it doesn't really seem to be a thing that affects girls hmm. uh, teenage girls just i i mean i haven't had any real discussion with with any of my friends that have teenage girls that are experiencing this issue but the teenage boys like the only satisfaction they're getting is, you know, from this Internet device um, interaction, uh, whether the things online or offline. And, you know, and, and I say to people, um, you know, what happens if just the Internet doesn't work for some reason, you know, at home? Let's just shut off the unplug your Wi-Fi ri- router, you know, cut the cord to it. So you, you can't, you know, take the thing and destroy it, maybe. So it's going to take you three or four days My to come up with another one. My actually did
0: that. My friend, I told you I hang out with her and her baby. She has a seven-year-old daughter, too, and she just threw the tablet on the ground one day because she was just like, maybe that's not the nicest way to do it, but she was just like, the girl was being so bad, and she was like, it was just like she was a lot better after that.
1: Yeah. So the the girls do recover. Hmm. Um uh better from a lot of these things drugs you know all kinds of stuff you know from what i'm observing Hmm. but uh yeah mark maybe like uh, the internet just shouldn't work in the house for i don't know 36 hours for some reason and see what happens
0: well he might know how to fix it yeah (laughs) well the
2: um i think that it takes longer than that i think that uh if you're gonna do that kind of internet fast thing it needs to be a 30 day fast to really because 20 36 hours is only going to make a kid mad which is fine it's just that i mean i'm I okay believe me i'm okay with making kids mad <laughs> um, but the the real issue is is that they i don't think you'll learn anything from 36 hours i think he's really got to just be bored for a period of time and then find other things to do
1: that that's another big thing too is like so I had a discussion with um, um I'm trying to think some one of my one of the homeschool moms that we interact with I, I don't remember which one it was but it's actually I've had this discussion with a few people actually and and the discussion is um like these kids being constantly entertained at like a toddler age because they have the device in front of them sort of pretty much most of their waking hours and 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 what one of the moms had brought up is that boredom is good because creation comes out of yep. boredom. So yep. so when you let your kid alone to you know just be in his room by himself and they start you know playing with their toys. So like for Christmas, mm-hmm. you know my kids like are really into farm animals. So like Cypress got this like semi truck uh cattle hauler thing <laughs> like like a bull hauler and it came with a bunch of cows and like she's like Daddy, this is the mama cow, and this is the baby cow, and this is the daddy cow. And I'm like, oh, how do you know that one's the daddy cow? She goes, look, it's got nuts. It's a bull. And I'm like, how do you know this one's the mama cow? Look at its udders. See its udders? That's milk for the baby cow. Like She's three years old, and she understands this stuff, but... Like my kids love cows. And I also have a friend who's got a dairy farm, so I've, you know, taken my kids to the dairy farm. Cypress has actually milked uh, a cow I don't know, half a dozen times now. Wow,
0: that's kind of and, that's pretty impressive for a three year old.
1: Well, I mean my buddy who owns the farm, she was you, know, for you Her her um yeah, she'll be four in in February, but mm-hmm. my buddy who, who who owns the farm, she's got, you know, um she was, you know, milking the cows on her own at six years old. Like wow. without you know, her dad being there, you know, she's my age, she's in her forties and she has, uh, like her kids are like 12 and 13, but she's got some nieces and nephews that are toddlers and they're in the dairy, dairy parlor every day, every evening, you know, milking these cows. So, so it's just like th- they do it and they love it. But anyways, uh, my- you
0: know what? It makes me think though, what you're saying about your daughter's toys and-, and stuff instead of being on a tablet. I have been thinking a lot recently that I, I think that imagination is something that is kind of a skill you need to develop like when ian and i are doing a meditation and it's like imagine a door in front of you ian can't do that and that is weird to me but i also think that i um could could even um get even better at it i think that i'm pretty good at visualizing but i could get even better at it and i think that imagination is more important than just like oh entertaining yourself but you learn about and how to do it as a kid by entertaining yourself so I don't know. I, I just think it's important and tablets could be like stealing that ability from kids.
1: Oh, yeah. I, and, and it's very diminishing because I def the, the the internet devices I've noticed are very diminishing to the young kids because I see these like, you know, six and seven year old kids that, for example, they're, they're, they're TikTok kids, they're device kids. Mm-hmm. And even, even younger ones, three year, three year olds, and they have no interest in anything but that device. That, that device is the only thing they want.
0: My little brother, he barely eats. Like he he doesn't like it, sounds so much worse than it is just because he's like me, he's like super tiny. But and and I did the same thing when I was a kid, I just only liked to, to, to eat two things. But he, he just like he, I feel like nothing makes him happy except like maybe some of his friends and Mario games, and, and it's really bad.
1: So, so with the imagination with kids, so if like for example. Um, you know, my son. One thing that he he says daily to me, just whenever, hey, Dad, play with me. I want to play mm. farm. Can we play farm together? And you know, so he, so I'll go in there, and you know, we'll 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 load up the little fake bales of hay on the tractor, and you know, drive them around. And, but
0: that's not playing farm, aren't you really doing oh yeah, farm we do with it for him? Real
1: life too. But this is like, you know, oh. it's, it's seven o'clock at night, or you so know, he
0: works t- and then wants to play farm. Oh yes, that's yes, funny. yes,
1: yes, yes, uh, and well, it, it ain't work to him. It's you know, this yeah. is all fun. Uh, So so anyways um but like then i'm like all right buddy i gotta go do some work i gotta go do some things and you know and uh and i'll walk away and he'll be in there for a half an hour just you know all right here's hay for the cows and, he, and then he goes i'm loading them up in the trailer and he and, and both of my kids do this. they they load up the cows in a trailer and then they're like they got these little fake bit those little bales of hay in their toy set and they put the hay in a trailer so the cow's got some bedding and some feed because that's what, what I do you know when we load them up in a trailer and then he's like okay now we're driving to the slaughterhouse and uh and so, <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, Woo! yeah oh yeah
1: yeah and the moves and so but they um and then the other thing that my kids do a lot too is we read them lots of books hmm. so
0: And that's really good. I I find it so sad when there are people that just don't like to read and it's because they were in public school their whole life and their parents never made them read anything like mine did. That's just so sad. I
1: I actually never liked to read until my daughter was born. Wow. The first book I read, Cypress, was Adam Kokesh's book, Freedom. Nice. Uh, And and, and I read it to her like six or seven times and then... uh, and then I got a Tuttle Twins book from a friend. You know the the whole uh, Tuttle Toddlers. So we started mm. reading a Tuttle Todd, Toddler series, which is really great. All those Tuttle Twin books that I have, um, you know, read to my kids.
0: Libertarian kids books.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're awesome. In fact, I've been meaning to do an affiliate link for, with uh, Tuttle Twins, but yeah, they, they, it's a it's just really good stories, good morals. Um, they're fun for the kids. But uh, but my daughter and my son, um, almost every day they sit and uh, we got this. Love, sleep, love seat like recliner couch thing that's against the south end of our uh, building and there's a sliding glass door there so the sun comes in. And uh, th- often throughout the day, they are both just sitting there on uh, uh, in the seats and they got books open and they are just narrating the books to themselves, both mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Not
0: being so, actually able to read it, but just well, like they remember and they see yeah, the pictures, that's I'm, nice. I'm
1: pretty sure they're memorizing the words, although Cyprus is definitely reading some words. Oh, wow. like, like this... You know, this shirt I'm reading, you know, the shirt I'm wearing, you know, it says, you know, above the grid.
0: Oh, above the grid. I and, thought it said love the grid.
1: <laughs> above the grid is, you know, it's uh, PiratesWithoutBorders.com is one of Ernie Hancock's websites. That's kind of what, you know, this shirt is a uh, And Ernie Hancock's a
0: um, show host that is on the Free Talk Live Network on Mondays, same time as this show.
1: But she um, she definitely uh, has been recognizing words, at least, mm-hmm. that are in like a totally different context uh, so she recognizes the word her name. Like mm-hmm. she sees her name written uh, anywhere, and she that, that says Cypress. Yep. Uh, that was she, the
0: first thing I learned to write. Yeah, too. and
1: she recognizes well, her, my name. her little brother's name. She recognizes, uh, you know, uh, a few other names. She, the word cow, she recognizes that.
0: Well, we do, this is a call in talk show. So I'm going to go to the phones. We have Ricky from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, what's on your mind?
4: Thank you, there, Miss Bonnie. Brother Jay, Brother Mark, good to meet your acquaintance again. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, I figure I might as well do something a little on topic for a change. And I will say, as I'm going about to talk about this, I am wearing my battle flag, my very special battle flag. I'm Now, the funny thing here is.
0: Mark doesn't know what you're talking about. What is that, Ricky?
4: (laughs) Oh, well, Brother Mark. I am running for office again in 2025, and I, have man- and I have a campaign manager. His name's Ricky, too, spelled R-I-C-K-E-Y, no doubt, and I'm wearing wrapped around me a real battle flag, the, the one with the grommets on the top, a square three-by-three three with a border, professionally made and hand-sewn.
0: It's um, the flag of the South. uh, What the heck is that called? I can't remember it right now.
4: Battle flag flag in North Virginia. This is a real deal. This is a $256 flag. So
0: just for me to explain it to everybody listening, it's um, the Southern Cross, but instead of being rectangular, it's square square. and it has a white border. So yeah, Ricky likes to mention that.
4: And it also has around the Southern Cross, it has the borders. All of that is hand-sewn with the blue Inside, had to be sewn in. That's why it's so damn expensive. But the reason why I'm pointing that out is, you know, I'm going to first say, now, Nikki Haley, now, she is a waffler on the scale of Herbert Walker Bush wafflers. and uh, But I will tell you, you know, here's how this goes. Now, she had a town hall, and she did say, now, you know, now, she she got criticized because she didn't say that slavery – started the civil war well let me inform the people out there slavery was not what started the civil war
0: and that's a really interesting uh conversation ricky so i don't mind getting into it um if you will hold 603-283-6160 it's free talk live more coming up Hey, Mark, we figured out how to talk to you on the break. So if you have anything you want to say on the break.
5: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. dash.org
0: Live. It's talk radio that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. Looks like we have a couple couple callers online, but I wanted to tell you that this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than 1% or cent per transaction. And its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their ChainLocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the Decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. In the situation.
2: Oops, sir. Can you hear me?
0: Yep. You, you didn't hear me
2: before? I did. I was oh. just uh, going to tell you about a situation that a friend who runs a business had with doing Bitcoin sales.
0: Oh, okay. Go ahead.
2: He was doing these Bitcoin sales, and it wasn't big transactions. He was sending all of the transactions to the same wallet, um, and it got to be pretty sizable. Bitcoin has had a recent run-up. I think it's at 43000 $44,000, somewhere in that range right mm-hmm. now. And so he decided to do a little trading in and you know maybe get some other cryptos, maybe get some u s dollars, whatever he was deciding to move it. his transaction fee now i I'm, I think you guys understand how transaction fees, but because there was a bunch of uh, fees work with Bitcoin, but because there were a bunch of smaller transactions going into this one wallet and then he moved it all at once, his transaction fee. Was almost eight hundred dollars.
0: Wait, why does that affect it? I didn't know that that would affect something. It
2: it affects it dramatically. Wow! So, um, if you you know once you move it, then you can move it again, and um, for you know a single transaction fee as opposed to a multiple transaction fee. Wow. But either way, it's a big deal.
0: That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, I wanted to say that in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie,
2: Jay Noon. And Mark Edge.
0: And we have Ricky on the line. Ricky had brought up the idea that, um, I guess Nikki Haley got asked a question during, um, I don't know, a debate or something. And she said, well, she didn't comment on whether or not the Civil War was started over slavery. And it's something that, you know, my mom's from Alabama and she says that that is not the case. It did not start because of slavery. But honestly, I don't really know um, one way or the, no, uh, the other why it started. But one thing I know is that Abraham Lincoln or Abraham Lincoln was a terrible racist and he did not just like set oh I'm I'm set out to free the slaves like he even mentioned that if the slaves ever got free he was going to make them all move to the Bahamas because he didn't want them to suddenly be competing with white people um for jobs and stuff what what do you think about that rookie
4: well yeah i mean basically you hit the nail right on the head Abraham Lincoln was a was, and, you know, the word racist in itself is a misnomer. You know what's funny? Because I believe the only race is the human race. And you know what's funny? Even the dictionary racist, because it says the race, it says that a race believes that their race is superior to another. So by default, it has to be racist. But nonetheless, that being said, the reality is he was a tyrannical son of a bitch. But here's what Nikki Haley actually said, and I'll make a comment on the other party involved. Now, she did say, well, the rea- her answer was, That it was deciding, you know, what kind of government we actually should be and blah, blah, blah. And that's absolutely correct. Now, she didn't comment on slavery and say that that was the reason. Now, the reality is she's telling the truth. Now, I'm going to say right now, I really have serious dislike for Nikki Haley. Because when she was running for governor of South Carolina, now she embraced. That southern cross. Now, my ancestors are from the rural parts of South Carolina, and here they were split. My family go back to 1650. Now, she was also the one, I might add, that embraced it with the good old boys and girls, but she was also the one that took it off the state house down in South Carolina. But then you got Uncle Joe. Now, Uncle Joe. Now, Uncle Joe, you know, I tell you, I've been there for you so far, but you lost Ricky from the Commonwealth. He's like, yeah. It was about slavery, no doubt. Uncle Joe, you just disgraced your Biden to Ricky, from the Commonwealth. Well, know? Joe Biden might uh, not
2: Ricky. Know. Yeah, yeah, um, that's what Joe Biden said on Twitter, uh-huh. or at least whoever runs Joe Biden's account on Twitter.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> so the, I, I think that everyone would agree that the War of Northern Aggression was a complicated war. But to say that it wasn't about slavery is a rather terse answer. For, I mean, you know, places that right, wanted states' rights is, it, he said for slavery. It started
4: about slavery. He started. He Joe said it started about slavery, and that was the question: What started the Civil War? Well, I would think what started the Civil War
0: was that the South wanted to secede, and Abraham Correct. Lincoln just couldn't have that. I mean, but that doesn't mean that slavery wasn't involved in the whole idea, like. Maybe Life, but
4: that was the problem. See, she answered the question correctly. Then you get Uncle Joe, who disappointed the hell out of me. He's like, Yeah, start over slavery, no doubt. No, Joe, Joe, you're lying to the people. You disappoint me. You're, you're disgracing yourself. You know, I have to admit, I'm of the same party of yours, but I'm the Confederate Democrat. You know what? You disappoint the hell out of me. Well,
1: What I you really know? feel the uh, Civil War was actually about was the Rothschild banking family. Uh, really wanted to destroy uh, the United States they wanted hmm. to put them in debt so they could rule and control and enslave the population uh, and if you uh, you know you look into uh, was um, Adams John Adams you know he, he says on his tombstone I killed the bank and I will root you out like a den of vipers and Adams
2: is- I think is Jefferson. that was uh, Jackson oh, that sorry yes. ja- yep.
1: Andrew Jackson yeah thank you anyways um, <clears throat> but You know, there there was this uh, these writings of Ishmael Mayer Rothschild, who was like, you know, very intent on bringing down uh, the states, essentially, uh, um, you know, United States of America. And uh, and if we look, you know, a lot through history, you'll see that you know it was the English bankers who financed both sides of this war. It was the English bankers who did not care who won or lost a war because they were going to essentially. owed the debt from the war and Mm. the war was purposely you know started by these by the english banking cartel to put the country into you know what it has become today so the before the reconstruction acts of 1867 basically the country was ran from you know grassroots up from neighborhoods on up it was you know you know people in homes and neighborhoods you know, controlled the local government and also controlled the county government and also controlled the, the state government. And the federal
0: government wasn't so huge.
1: And they also controlled the state government. Well, with the Reconstruction Acts of 1867, and a guy who really explains this very, very well is a fellow named John Ainsworth. And I used to attend some of these lectures that he would do when he would come up to, like, New England. He would do them in uh, Rhode Island quite a bit at a country club. And um, he talks about how the, uh, the government... Now, as we run it, is basically run from the federal government down, and, and you know it flipped, and that started with the Reconstruction Acts, eighteen sixty seven. Another thing we got to understand with the Civil War is that the Constitution has literally been, you know, put in a, you know, off to the side; is not in effect. Uh, there is uh if you anybody wants an internet search, uh, congressional it's a ninety third Congress. The guy's name was McFadden, the senator, uh, and this was nineteen seventy three, where that that particular you know, congressional session was opened up with this McFadden talking about how the constitution has not been in effect since March 31st, 1861, I believe, which was executive order number one. And now I, I know at like Clinton, we were at like executive order, you know, 2000 and something. I don't even know what executive order we're at, at right now, but basically the country has been being run by declarations of war, emergency powers, yep. declarations ever since the civil war I
2: always wonder about these claims, Jay, and it's not to say that there's, I mean, there were dramatic changes post-Civil War. There absolutely were, but I mean, I feel like these guys um, that are sort of claiming, you know, it's it's the 14th Amendment and all that stuff, they're trying to construct out of their, in their own mind, a a legal justification for what occurred when in fact it was just A dc power grab like oh well you know we see what happens when we let the states be their own countries because back then essentially everything that wasn't directly mentioned in the constitution was considered unconstitutional in in a state power now it seems like everything is a is a federal government power and the states have almost none
1: yeah i mean that's that's clearly what we got going on go ahead well i
4: did want to I did want to add a little something. Now, it's funny you talking about the Civil War. Now, I did mention about me running again in 2025, and I did want to say I promised the captain. Oh,
2: but but myself, before you go on, Ricky, you're not winning anything in Pennsylvania wearing a rebel flag on you. Oh, Just saying. you're wrong, brother
4: Mark. You've been out of touch too long. Now, let me tell okay. you something. Now, I already have support way better than I had in 17. Now, let me tell you something. Now, that being said... I have support like you wouldn't be. But I did promise the captain that me and my campaign manager will come to New Hampshire because I want more than just District 189. And I did. And my main campaign promise is that I will blow away the U.S. Constitution in one term. But that's and the thing.
0: Come, what, and think of all the Republicans will that will freak out about that. Actually, what,
2: what is District Democrats? 189?
4: Wait a minute. Uh, that that you can look it up. It got I'm letters, looking it up it's the
2: St. Louis School District.
4: No, it represents a seat for representative legislative district. Because I want to blow away the U.S. Constitution, Mark. I'm a play And that's what they're counting on me to do. And I will do it in one term. That's my campaign promise. And most
0: people become- love the Constitution.
4: Well, here's the thing. That's the better part. You see, people here really do not love it. That's where, you know, you're up in New Hampshire, but I will tell you this.
0: No, I've lived you know, all over the country, thing. and everybody loves the freaking Constitution. And if Yeah, I...
4: but not in Pennsylvania. They don't. I haven't lived in Pennsylvania,
0: but I, I just don't believe you.
4: Well, here's the thing. You know, everybody's welcome from all over PA to come to my rallies in 2025. And of course, you in New Hampshire can come down... At my rallies, they're going to be live rock and roll. And you see at my rallies, it ain't going to be like other people's rallies, like Mr. Trump. You know, there's two things he talks about a lot. He talks about cops and he talks about guns. You don't see any of them at his rallies. There's going to be lots of them at my rallies. And plus on top of that.
2: I think with that accent, Ricky, you need to come out in like a foghorn leghorn outfit. You at know, my rallies. At my boy. At Mother Mark. Mother Mark, <laughs> I hear
4: you, but at my rallies, if you want to smoke something in my rallies, you're more than welcome to. Nobody's gonna bother you. If you wanna dress, you can dress any way you want. If you wanna undress, you can undress if you like. As long as you're not hurting anybody. And nobody's gonna be bothered by it. You know? And at my rallies, it's gonna be very different. And everybody that come to my rallies gets a free Confederate flag. Not like this one, but the three <laughs> by five Navy one. And I'm gonna tell you something else. You see, it, we will become the Confederate, comm, uh, the Confederate Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I did say this already. You know, we're going to need it when I, when me, the vessel, blows it away in the middle of the night. I will donate this to put pop the PA House of Representatives. Oh,
0: well, God. I can't really see why we would need a Confederate anything today. Like, especially just with the whole, you know, um, PR around it, even if it... Even if you could prove to me that there was actually no bad people there, it it doesn't matter because everybody looking at it is going to be like, "Oh, that's bad people stuff." Like, I just don't see how you're going to win.
2: And yeah, also it's like it's, flying a swastika. Yeah. Um just you know, whether you whether you like it or not.
0: Even though, like, the swastika did like exist all over the world before uh, Nazis um, front or forwards clockwise and counterclockwise. Um, and it meant good things. It was mostly a positive sign. It doesn't matter now. Like you'll see it in Nepal all the time. I think it is uh, today. But if you had that in the United States and you just tried to tell somebody it's this beautiful Hindu si- symbol that talks about blah blah blah, well, no one's going to care. I just don't think anyone's going to care. Um, and, and also, just uh, he started sounding kind of like he's been like listening to nobody um, old nobody episodes and copying his. You know, uh, talking about his um, running. But even even then, he has less of a following than nobody. Nobody didn't win. Our friend named nobody. But moving on, we have Dave Ridley on the line. Dave Ridley, what's on your mind?
6: Yeah, I have some good news. Oh, uh, good. To be good, news, good news to some people. Uh, the Ridley, the Ridley report is back on YouTube. Oh, oh. good. What
0: made you yes, decide that?
6: I was just uploading to BitChute and Odyssey. Uh but every six months or so I would check my YouTube account and if I didn't have any new strikes, I figured I, I could go ahead and start uploading again. What was happening was they were going back and giving strikes to my old videos. Like for instance they took down one for it was about Afghanistan war and I I used, you know, pictures of a US atrocity. It wasn't particularly gruesome, but they took the video down because the video was accurate, right? So, And every time they do that, they give you a strike, yeah. uh, as I understand it. And then you get three strikes, they take down the whole channel. So my strategy starting in 2021 was just to stop uploading and put my head down for a while. And I would check back in every once in a while, see if they were still striking. And finally, I checked, checked into my, video, uh, to my channel about a week ago, no new strikes. So I thought, well, okay, finally the coast is clear. I can start uploading here again. I did do that and uh, the number of hits is a lot lower than it used to be. That's
3: good. Uh, but oh, it's a, well, it's a
0: sorry. Big, Wrong kind of hits. I thought you meant um, the YouTube trying to take you down type hits are a lot less than it used to be.
6: Right, yeah, the number of views is a lot less, but it's still a big improvement over where I was a month ago, so that's one thing that's gotten a little bit better.
0: Um. So, But it, are your videos doing a lot better on YouTube than they were on Odyssey and BitChute? Yes. Excellent. That's great. That's great to hear. I'll start trying are, to share those links. Are you too.
2: monetized in any way? Does uh, YouTube send you a check?
6: No, and I would have long since been demonetized if I had ever been monetized. But I started going through the process, and Google wanted me to fill out all this paperwork and make promises and stuff like that that I would do this and that. Uh, so I, I just didn't feel like I should do that. So my money has always come directly from you know, people who you know, I contact by email and ask them if they want to buy an ad, basically.
2: Okay, well, um, cool. I've, I've, I'd love to see you reporting on stuff in, uh, in New Hampshire. And I must say, I do watch a lot of YouTube. I would like to watch Odyssey, but it, like doesn't, Odyssey. It, it doesn't show up on my TV somehow.
0: Hmm. Well, I listen to Odyssey basically every day because at least it can play in the background, unlike YouTube. I don't have YouTube Red or whatever. But I listened to a Ridley report the other day. Um, he asked some councilman in Keene, what he had to say about the raid on my house and the guy was just like i didn't have anything to do with that it was federal and then he's like well what about do you know how much money it cost and he was like i could look but no and he was just like really dodging the questions (laughs) but that was nice dave
2: well i mean the local police were
6: there
0: yeah right exactly
6: yeah that was one of the questions i had for the city council was like "So, what was the budget like how much did it cost Team police you're the police department when they went out and supported the Feds on that raid, because they were pretty heavily involved, um, and I'm, they-
2: I'm sure that they they would have done it for free. I, I know they didn't, but they would have. Um, you know, they're they're that much the fans of Ian.
6: <laughs> well, uh, so I, I guess I interviewed. I tried to interview three, maybe four city councilors, and they all really gave me the same answer. Basically, they had no position regarding the raid like it happened right down the street from them and they had no opinion on it whatsoever yeah, the Except- only time that- Yay! <laughs>
0: yeah but it's the only time they ever um deployed their bear cats and they just don't care i don't believe that
2: <laughs> were, <laughs> were both I'm, those bear cats there i thought it was one yeah, was conquered no, there was cat. both
0: no yeah well okay maybe they weren't both belonging to keen i thought that they had two but two bear cats were at my house uh, i thought that was the question you're asking yes
6: there were one of them said he was not
2: familiar with the raid yeah that, I just don't know what happened
6: good
1: old-fashioned politician plausible deniability you know yep. th- th- this idea of oh I don't know you know this you know so-called you know ignorance to the situation because they
0: can point to someone else like <sighs> well they were in charge and that person's like nope they were in charge and they just do that in a circle
1: and, and the way I look at the federal government You know, uh, the United States Corporation, the FBI, whoever, you know, it is literally like an occupying enemy army here on this soil we call New Hampshire. And, you know, then they're occupying, you know, by way of, you know, the fact that the state of New Hampshire is this incorporation that was incorporated under the, you know, United States Corporation and now, uh, you know, has a whole bunch of corporate loyalist you know you know subjects which are you know people that claim to be United States citizens on these documents that they fill out that, you know government permission slips and you know if, if you look all through history you know when this melts down like you know like these people need to understand that if you just look through history you know, what happened to the local traders, you know, once the local traders didn't have, you know, the protection of the invading, you know, force, like when the invading force either like shriveled up and died or couldn't operate anymore. You know, it's just, you know, there's just these these guys are creating bad karma for themselves. And the fact that and, and the, the sad thing is, is a lot of them are just such cult members and drones. They don't have any ability of critical thought. Uh, because they've probably spent all of their years being, you know, educated in a public school system and then going to college. And then all of a sudden, they're 26 years old, their brain's all done developing, and they've never had a thought of their own. They've never engaged in any critical thinking because, you know, they didn't have to like really go to work to pay any bill or anything. Uh, and and when
0: they did, it was just like number pushing right. out type things. And yeah. I, I totally believe that about all um, people who work for the government. Um, thank you for the call, Dave Ridley. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that?
6: Well, with regard to collaborators, um, you know, it's our job to do what the Estonians did in 1991 when they kicked the Soviet Union completely out, or it may have been more like 1989. Um, They made a point of treating all the Russians on their territory well, uh, even though many of them were pro-Moscow, right? Uh, And that is why Estonia has done as well as it has. And it's our job to make sure that if... uh, the United States ever leaves New Hampshire we behave like the Estonians did.
0: Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Dave, for the call. And anyone who wants to find more um find out his videos, you can go to RidleyReport dot com or go to YouTube and type in Ridley Report now or Odyssey or Bit Shoot. Thank you, I, Dave. I just
1: hope all these traders are shunned and they're not able to get any food. You know, they're not able to like well they'll have to actually have to like leave. well they'll just have they're to allowed actually to leave. work for it. Yeah. Please leave. I'll help you leave.
0: <laughs> I I do think of Estonia as somehow not as terrible and like badly off as the other ones. I don't know why, just because there's a pop singer I like from there, but I don't know the actual truth. Who's
2: about the it. pop singer?
0: Her name is Curly. That's how we would say it, but it's really Kelly. Okay. And it's awesome. I love I love her. Anyways, we were talking at the very beginning of the show about a different subject, but that's how Free talk live works, we let you guys call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. But at the very beginning of the show, if you two remember, we had an article from wired.com. And it says inside Mark Zuckerberg's top secret Hawaii compound. And Mark Zuckerberg is the CEO of Meta, which is the new name for Facebook, because I guess these billionaires have to keep changing up social media names. And that's a little weird thing. I, I just it just occurred to me that that's happening often now. And that's a little weird. But getting to to it, it says, off the two-lane highway that winds along the northeast side of the Hawaiian island of Kauai, on a quiet stretch of ranch land, between the tourist hubs of Kapa and Hanalei, an enormous secret construction project is underway. Secret. (laughs) Yep. Um, And not anymore, I guess. A six-foot wall blocks the view from a nearby road, fronting the project, where cars slow to try to catch a glimpse of what behind is behind it security guards stand watch at an entrance gate and patrol the surrounding beaches on atvs wow pickup trucks roll in and out hauling building material and transporting hundreds of workers it's just it kind of makes me wonder why if you're going to choose a place to survive the apocalypse i don't think i'd choose hawaii because well if they don't have like their grids and everything think of all the dangers that are there like typhoons i don't know if that's a thing there
2: well, there's uh, there's a lot of free chickens running around Kauai. And
1: it, it's a small population, someone like Zuckerberg and his and his team of elitists, whoever, you know, mercenaries that he hires that will remain loyal to him, you know, could just wipe them out. I mean, mm. so- sounds like a lot of them got wiped out in, you know, that you know, fire event already.
3: Yeah.
2: He's probably also thinking that the chances that he needs the bunker are low, so he just... So he gets to live in paradise while he waits for whatever the bad thing is.
0: I just feel like a place like that could easily become not paradise. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Were you saying you need to say something?
7: Protection.
4: Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. Filibuster, holy state. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com.
3: Talk Live
0: It's Free Talk Live, it's talk radio that you control, and six oh three two eight three. 6160 is the phone number for you to call to bring up whatever's on your mind, comment on whatever we're talking about or change the subject. It doesn't matter. it's up to you. It's free talk live. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. and Mark.
0: And Mark is with us remotely. Um Are you, are you willing to say where you are, Mark?
2: I'm in Florida.
0: Mark is in Florida. Jay and I are in a studio in New Hampshire, but we're all doing the show together. It works out that way with ian magic who's my husband that tells me how to make it work so i'd like to thank andrew valish who's a silver level amplifier thank you to andrew valish for being a silver level amplifier what does that mean it means that he went to amps.freetalklive.com that's amps.freetalklive.com and signed up to support the show AMPS stands for AMP. I mean, sorry, advertise, market, promote, and support. And that's what you're doing whenever you sign up on that site and help support the show. So thank you so much to Andrew. We really appreciate it. At Free Talk Live.
2: Bonnie, uh, speaking of Ian, I'd like to hear any news that might be going on. I know that his um, what are we going to call that hearing was backed up, but I don't know much else.
0: Well, his hearing was backed up because the judge had. Or, or, you know, it was like postponed because the judge had COVID, uh, apparently. And mm, sorry to hear that. Yeah. And so the next thing, or the, the only other thing other than that is just what he's been doing day to day. He basically keeps himself busy in jail. Ian's like the founder of our show and um with the, with Mark. And he just went to jail for selling Bitcoin or prison. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to thecrypto6.com. Basically, he just reads books. And is learning Spanish, and does yoga and works out, and eats. And he is so busy that he acts like he has to schedule with me when he can call me sometimes.
2: He <laughs> not have time to t- chat with his wife. He's busy on the tablet in jail. <laughs>
0: well, he does have lots of um, like he does have lots of stuff he has to get done, and like re- especially replying to letters. Actually, that's a pretty nice thing. Lots of people send him letters, and he um wants to make sure that he replies to them and also he reads newspapers that one of his friends in there has a subscription to and then he sends me show prep but he also texts me and the other thing about it is he's always like bonnie it's 21 cents a minute to talk to him on the phone so so if i'm like just silent for a while he's like bonnie do you have anything else we need to talk about and i'm like "It's, it's just been five seconds and he's like it's 21 cents per minute (laughs) <laughs> but it's I think it's a good thing because he's just he's not too bored to where he's like just sitting around doing nothing. He, he stays in a good mood because of that. But it looks like we have a caller on the line. Anonymous caller, um, unscreened caller. What's on your mind?
8: Hello, Bonnie. How are you tonight?
0: Good. How are you? Is this is this TJ?
8: um no this is not tj um some people like to call me bobby from lakeland florida but i'm not in lake florida no more i'm in saint petersburg florida now baby we're moving on up
0: okay sounded like a friend for a second a different person's voice um so what's on your mind bobby yeah, I-
8: well well I called you before, um uh and I called Ian right before he went to prison. We talked about um a relationship advice problem that I had with um uh, I was four hundred and thirty eight pounds. Um I uh, I, I, I had I had switch weight loss surgery. Um and this was uh, seven months ago. I'm down to two hundred and twenty five pounds. So I've lost over 200 pounds. Bonnie, do you remember all this? You don't yeah, you
0: you told me that your girlfriend gave you an STD or like you thought she no, might give you an STD. Was, Sorry, but it's something no, about no, that.
8: No, 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 no. Well, yes, it, it was close, but so I had a, a girl. Uh, I finally was able. I had a girl that I known for a long time. Okay. Um, and we always kept in contact, but we never did anything. And, you know, now it's 15 years later. And, um, uh, I got, and, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I just had, I, I was down to 300 instead of 430 at the time. And I, you know, I talked her into coming over anyways. Well, I didn't know how bad of a nasty thing she's been these past 15 years because I've kept myself pretty clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm bragging, but I was 438 pounds. So it wasn't too hard. <laughs> <You
3: know? laughs> yeah.
8: Anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, so, anyways, uh, and she was a big girl. She she's probably about two sixty. She was or she is. Anyway, so anyways, she, guys don't care big girls.
3: Yeah. some guys. Yeah,
8: yeah. So she came over and everything. And uh, anyways, I did a lot of work, man. I I, I dusted the baseboards. I, I took a shower. I made sure my teeth were brushed. I made sure mm-hmm. the microwave was clean. It took like three four hours, you know. And then which uh, one
2: took three or four hours to clean the microwave. Couldn't
8: no, 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 I, I, all I, together. I, I it took three or four hours to clean. you know, just the, the bathroom. It wasn't, it wasn't trash all over. I just wanted to make sure everything was real nice. You know what I mean? I wanted to make right. sure everything was nice. So I spent three or four hours doing that and everything. And then she comes over and whatnot and, it, and I get, get to dinner and whatnot. Anyways, now you know it's get you know eight, eight nine o'clock or we're gonna put the movie on and she drops the news on me. Um, well, Bobby, I have herpes and I'm like what? Anyways, Bonnie Bonnie was giving me advice about it and so that was very nice of her. So I just wanted to let her know, just make sure she knows who I am because it's Bobby. Um, what I wanted to talk in, about tonight was how Jay Noon finally got through all that DCF stuff. Man. All the DCF stories and stuff well, that I've seen with my he, he's not done
0: yet. It it's actually DCYF in New Hampshire. It's the CPS, the well, Child Protective Service.
8: Is DCF. So but we yeah, call we need. It's I not over
0: you. yet. Unfortunately,
8: we to well, well, I know, but we listen to Jay. Can Jay talk?
1: Yeah. So the the DCYF particular situation, um, where that uh, stands, is DCYF couldn't get anywhere with us. Uh, so. Uh, out of a re- so, when the chief of police basically went to the family court and was like, "Hey, you know, there's a gross misrepresentation of the facts. You know, I've t- I've uh, met the family. There's no neglect or abuse. There's no need to have you know any of this go on. You know, the he whole affidavit that I you know read out. actually is not an affidavit. Technically, it's a narrative um that I you know uh, uh, read out on <clears throat> Free Talk Live on my YouTube channel, J Noon on YouTube. There's uh, you know a clip of me reading it but so what happened is uh the day that the um family court case got vacated uh, out of family court because of essentially the blatant lies that the chief of police caught the social worker in um that same day uh that after that evening uh, a Concord police officer uh put out a warrant for my wife's arrest so there will be it looks like there's going to be a jury trial well, they're calling a jury trial, but we're demanding a trial by judgment of peers, as the Constitution says, Hmm. uh, in a court of common law, a court of record, because a court of record includes the court must be a court under common law. Uh, And these courts, you know, know, like Superior Court, which is not a part of the judicial, wasn't created by the Constitution, it was created by the legislature in 1911 or 1901, you know, basically says it right on their website, New Hampshire Superior Court. Hmm. Uh, They're not a common law court, they're I'm not sure we're not sure what they are. There's some kind of statutory uh, or secret jurisdiction. They, they they never want to tell you what jurisdiction they function in. But anyway, so my wife has been charged with you know, uh child endangerment which they can't even define the word endangerment. There's not the word is not even defined in their code. In fact, um uh, a st- uh a, a, there's a, a bill in the Just New riding Hampshire-
0: around in the car. Sorry. It could could it fall under the way that they act like endangerment.
1: Oh yeah, and yeah any of that applied. stuff cuz cuz um you know riding around in a car is far more dangerous than allowing a child to nap uh in a parked car. Yeah. Now that that being and you know during March, you know when there's snowbanks on the ground, you with know, the AC s- on. And well, climate control on. Uh but the um but anyways, uh so you know this is a, essentially a retaliation effort on the fact of on a part of uh N- New Hampshire DCYF and so all the judicial officers are the judges, the prosecutors are all 100 percent compromised uh, because uh, under Social Security Administration, what's called Title four. And if you and specifically Title four D provides a 66 percent incentive to the judicial pension fund in every single state based on the performances of family court to collect child support. And so they all, have an incentive. Yep. So they they definitely have an incentive to protect the family court scam. And family court uh, is a court of uh, you know it's not a court of court of our common law. It's not a court of record. It's yep. just another statutory creation. There is no um, nowhere in the Constitution where the legislature is authorized to to create courts that where they can just willy nilly take children from people uh, and also like you know put them their names on lists and all this stuff. So we did an actual notice. So there's a notice about this. If you go to my website jaynoon.com that's j-a-y-n-o-o-n-e.com and on the top there's the, uh there's a, it says a notice uh to um investigate dcyf you click on that that brings you to a jot form which actually we're going to op- update that to a new notice that we're going to uh, put out um in a couple of days to get people to uh, sign but you can just read that notice up there uh and you know it basically kind of explains you know you know, that DCYF uh, family courts, you know, don't have any of this authority to do what they do. Well, the problem is, is all the judges are compromised and all the state employees in general, because if you read, in fact, this is another document that I'm going to link on my website very soon. There's an actual New Hampshire, I can't remember what's called off the top of my head, like program that sort of explains how the social workers are trained. And there's a, um, there's a class that they can take at Granite State University or Granite State College it's called maximizing uh, uh, revenue for DCYF. Actually, just wow. cha- they changed the wow. name of it. Yes. So what they do is they actually train the social workers on how to maximize uh, revenue for DCYF um, through this what's called Title IV Social Security Administration Title IV and it lists Section A, you know, C, E, and whatnot in this particular um, pamphlet. And there's and uh, if anybody would like to sign up and take this course at Granite State uh, College. Um, uh it, it would be i i kind of want to take it uh, i don't know just to if, learn
0: what they're telling to, people. just to
1: learn what they're telling but uh, i i'd really love uh to see if someone would volunteer that's going to be a lot better at, like uh, i'm going to have a going hard undercover. time paying attention to it oh the- um. but anyways so
0: you know who should is carlin boroshenko she goes undercover really well goes to like socialist conventions and okay. she's all about um uh, showing people what they're doing in public schools that they're not telling the parents, so she might be interested maybe yeah. you could reach out to her
1: yeah, that sounds like a real good idea I should write we should write that down so I remember to do that okay anyways so anyways uh yeah they the the state uh, the employees of the state of New Hampshire you know w- one of the things that they're very very concerned about is their pension funds and the the social workers are essentially trained and many state employees are essentially under the belief that they need to get this federal money they need to expand the bureaucracy. There needs to be more people. When they retire, there needs to be like four people coming in behind them in order to keep their pension fund like a pyramid scheme. It's, It's a massive pyramid scheme. And the amount of money that the Social Security Administration is pumping into states based on the performance of DCYF and family court is absurd. And also in this one particular document, which i I should I should have it prepared for show prep next week. This this uh documents I'm talking about. Um it t- talks about how there's penalties. So so what happened with my case is, you know, DCYF social worker who who lied, you know, br- said that the police said that I that I was a uh an anti-government free stater that lives on a compound with lookouts and I was uh cons- and I was extremely dangerous. What <laughs> yeah, there's no
2: lookouts? Um <laughs>
1: You know the uh well technically, there really isn't any lookouts because you know the,
3: the, the that's what would- I always
0: think about like I've only been here um far and twice I think but Every time you guys mention that, I'm like, I don't know what they would mean by lookouts, because like enclosed by a forest,
2: right? So but it's just the thing they say before they raid with uh, yeah. the bearcats, right? Yeah. Right? Right? So,
1: so it's it's just kind of um, you know, um, it, you know, lying that you know these people do, and this particular, social worker. So Melissa Coombs, and if anybody's had an involved engagement with her, please email me, J jay at jnoon J-A-Y dot com. That's J A Y at J A Y N O O N E dot com. Uh, and we need to um, get get people's um, affidavits about the bad actions of DCYF. We have a committee coming up to investigate DCYF. Uh, I have submitted an affidavit. My wife has submitted an affidavit, and a handful of other people have too. The thing is, I'm I'm really noticing is like people are like just scared so bad. They're like just worried that the retaliation that they're going to get for going against DCYF is going to be severe. And you know, we have an example here. We have a retaliation effort against my wife. Mm. Well, when you don't contract with DCYF well, DCYF is a essentially a a corporation it is a municipal corporation it, it doesn't have any jurisdiction to do any to in, in, engage with you at all you have to give them consent now a lot of people step in jurisdictional traps because they take welfare for example they uh, they asked the, the family court to 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 get child support from the ex they get food stamps they get heating assistance they get you know, WIC, you know, whatever these programs that, you know, put their, you know, they they, they do vouchers for schools and things like that. All these things I refer to as jurisdictional traps. So that uh, uh, that puts people under the jurisdiction of DCYF and don't even know it. But and then DCYF shows at people's houses, they scare the crap out of people, they show up with cops, they show up like after dark or very early in the morning, hmm. uh, when people are, uh, you know, when you know, and, and, and people are, are terrified they, they, these are actual domestic terrorists. But one thing you should know that they do.
0: is that they're also terrified of you if you stand up for yourself at all, because a friend of I'm not sure if you guys know him, but a friend of mine, he lives in New Ipswich. And DCF was threatening to go after him after an incident when his baby was born and he wouldn't wear a mask at the hospital. And um, they were saying, "Okay, we're going to come over at this time." And it was no one showed up but me. I'm five two, like a hundred pounds, and I just stood next to the dad, the mom, and the babies were all inside, and we just stood at the end of the driveway. They drove by once, and like obviously, like staring, like turning their heads, looking at us, and then called, and we we're like. We are too uncomfortable to come right now because of what you guys are doing. Standing there at the end of the road, and he was like, "I'm just waiting for you guys to get here, so you can get show me your ID. Like, I just need to check your ID. That's all. You can come right on." And not being aggressive, not with a gun or anything. He's also pretty like skinny, and they dropped everything against him.
1: So DCYF gets, they
0: didn't come that day.
1: Gets paid to do these assessments. So the assessment that they wanted to do in my case was to you know. They wanted to inspect my home, they wanted to in, interview my daughter alone my two year old daughter alone and you know these people are are you know career child traffickers they get paid by the federal government like a huge like thousands of dollars I, I, the numbers i 've heard are between four and like eight thousand dollars to do this assessment. Um, and then percentages of that money like some some percentage of that money goes to or actually goes directly according to mike gill i haven 't you know got the documents yet, but goes directly to the judge at family court some of these go this money goes to like um, you know other programs within the state under this title for you know section whatever stuff so but when somebody doesn 't um, Agree with these guys, or doesn't contract with DCYF because they they actually have you sign a release and like a consent form and you know things to giving them consent to do this, um, do these kind of you know behaviors. But when someone doesn't do that, it DCYF and family court get penalized. And when it, and when there's a penalty through this uh, Social Security Administration Title IV stuff, um, the uh, they, they call it a performance penalty, I believe in their documents. Uh, the state of New of uh, New Hampshire. That corporation gets less money. They get penalized. They don't get the revenue from the federal government. And as we know, all of these state employees, including Governor Sununu, they're nothing more than just whores. They're, they're just about the money, like all the COVID money stuff. They're a reason that they they uh, arrested the Noble 9, for example, and the Noble 8 you know, and, and the uh, Newfields 8 got arrested. Was because, because they were protesting this whorish attitude of the governor, for example, because they just uh, want this money from the federal government. So now uh, what we have going on here is they engage in retaliation efforts. And uh, and that's exactly what's going on you know, with my wife's case. And so these guys uh, and, and the judges are all covering it up. You know, there's a massive conflict of interest here because the judges pension fund benefits quite generously from the performance of DCYF. Now, these guys got really, really upset because I said, no, I don't want someone from DCYF doing this assessment, but the local chief of police can do it and his lieutenant who's a woman and you know these guys aren't woke libtards that you know just went out of you know that came from some college you know that is being funded by all of Jeffrey Epstein's friends like the Clintons and you know just you know go on with the name and hopefully this client list comes out cuz you like like literally my wife has had more like courtroom time than everybody combined on Jeffrey Epstein's you know uh you know uh
2: oh. Didn't the Concord police get involved because they didn't feel like the Hinsdale police were sufficiently on the side of the DCYF? No, or- the,
1: so the the thing happened in Concord, and the cop who showed up at the scene, you know, was the one who, um, you know, filed the... Uh, so are they claiming
2: warrant- that what happened in Concord was, what? what what's the term they're using? Child endangerment. Endangerment? Yep. They're claiming that specifically was an endangerment thing? Yes. Okay.
1: So anyways, the, well, now they have
2: to prove it to a jury that right, that's the case, right? Right, right, right. That your, that your child will be better off, um, in the hands of other people because you, uh, your wife left him in a climate controlled car for a brief period of time.
1: Correct. So, so the thing is, is what really upsets you like, even the, the local police are like, we don't understand these guys, you know, you don't understand this. Um, the, uh, what really, uh, Upset, you know, DCYF and all of these, you know, you know, career child traffickers is when they're not going to get the money from the federal government. And when we're like, hey, the police can do this assessment and the order says a police officer can do it. I have emails from supervisors and lawyers between the Henneker chief of police. And DCYF supervisors and lawyers, where they're like, "Oh no, no, no! There has to be a DCYF social worker there." And the order clearly states a police officer or a social worker can do this assessment. Yeah. And since the motivation of the social workers is really, really bad, and they really want to steal healthy, good-looking children and adopt them out because it's very, very lucrative for their careers, and these people are literally brainwashed and you know, uh, in you know, and incentivized and influenced. And, you know, they believe, you know, that this is, you know, you know, how things got to work. So um, thanks for bringing that up uh, and giving me an opportunity uh, to, you know, explain this again here live on the air. And, um, yeah, go to uh, JNoon.com and check out that uh, that jot form uh, you know, box on the top of, of the page to investigate DCYF. We're gonna update that with another notice that we'll be uh putting out uh very soon here to try to uh correct the situation that we have here with corrupt uh government and maladministration.
0: Yeah, it's an important thing and um that guy um who called in who's kind of like a dcyf fighting celebrity what's his name
1: i forget his name oh um mike gill mike gill about? yep
0: he was like "OJ, oh, you should just stop because you you know you're never going to win in court but the thing is i think it's great that you're standing up like people just don't he, stand up to these people he's
1: literally worried they're going to whack me or, or they're going to try to come at me with other things
0: 603-283-6160 it's free talk live more coming up
2: The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches.
5: The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs.
0: As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice.
2: We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people.
0: We want to learn from each other.
2: What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love,
0: and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual.
2: The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace
5: as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com
0: That's church shiresociety.com talk live it's talk radio that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call that 603-283-6160 you can bring up whatever's on your mind and i want to tell you about fork fest 2024 join liberty-minded voluntarists anarchists and libertarians from june 13th through the 16th for the 8th annual fork fest at rogers campground in the beautiful white mountains of new hampshire ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. ForkFest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th. ForkFest.Party. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. And Mark.
0: And... Tonight we've been talking about all kinds of different things, but I just wanted to switch the subject up. I've had this article um, for a little bit in my show prep, and it's from December 9th from the Wall Street Journal, and it says, a moving company touts its young, chiseled workers. The feds say that's age discrimination. And that's so messed up. What? The government is so involved with freaking businesses
1: well, the government in is just, just has just, just double standard of like the feds are putting effort into this
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: you know, Jeffrey Epstein's clients are like, you know, still free and roaming after they've been raping children hmm. for years. I mean, you know, it just it just shows that there's a whole bunch of pedophiles in charge of everything at the at, at the federal level.
0: They, they're, they're not doing stuff that's important or that helps you out. Listener, that's for sure. It says Biden appointed EEOC commissioners are taking closer look at alleged age bias.
1: What is EEOC?
0: Uh, That I don't know. Um, Some
1: kind of garbage ESG nonsense?
0: Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. But it looks like we have a caller on the line. Rob in Vermont. What's on your mind, Rob?
7: Hey, guys. How's it going this evening? Good. good.
0: What's on your mind, Rob?
7: Uh, So uh, I wanted to plug a couple of names out there. Uh, you know, Jay was talking about the experience that he's had with the Department of Child Welfare and, and the family court. And, you know, if you go onto YouTube, you can find Jay's videos in there, specifically the one where the Department of Child Welfare come, you know, to his house. And, you know, these people, they just they don't care. It's all about the money for them. They just don't care about, you know, uh, you know, people's rights or any of that kind of stuff. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that I wanted to plug a couple other names. Uh, I read a book called The Respondent. It came out about two or three years ago. And it's about a, uh, the same situation of what, your know, Jay is. You know, they tried on Jay and myself where the problem of child welfare comes to your home you know, you're ambushed into, you know, any you know, allegation. You know, the the whole element about this is surprise. And if you don't know your rights or don't know how to stand up for yourself, uh, and if you contract with the state, you're done, you're toast. It, it, you, it's like trying to fight a ghost. But if you read this book, The Respondent, and the author's name is Greg Ellis, it will give you a lot of information on how he fought, you know, the courts, how he fought the child welfare. You know, he had lost his children, but he had got them all back. And this guy is just campaigning. It's
2: nice to get your kids back, but it's really awful to have them taken. Yeah, Um, to have to fight them. There's there's no win to this. Uh, It's just varying degrees of losing.
7: Exactly, and uh, that happened out of California, and then there was another gentleman, his name is Dwight Mitchell, and I believe he's from Minnesota. and same thing happened with him. They took the children. he didn't get them back until 18,19 months later. And you know what they didn't realize the state was that Dwight Mitchell is an engineer. And the type of engineer work that he does is—he's hired by companies to go in and do assessments of how the company runs, the payroll, and stuff like that. And uh, they didn't realize how much, you know, knowledge that Mister Mitchell had, and and how he was able to get the, you know, the uh, you know his his children back, and I think he even sued, but. Both of these individuals have a lot to offer and should be, you know, uh, a follow, definitely.
0: What's the name of the book again?
7: All right. The name of the book is called The Respondent. And the author's name is Greg Ellis. Well,
3: thanks so much,
7: Greg. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good evening. No,
0: if you have more to say, go ahead. Sorry. I, I thought there was only one for some reason. Okay,
7: and then well, the other gentleman's name is Dwight Mitchell, and he's from Minnesota. And again, Hmm. both of these individuals have their own YouTube channels, and they should be definitely watched.
0: Interesting, Jay. If if you're you win the jury one, well, if your wife wins the jury one, are you planning on suing?
1: Oh, either way, we're planning on bringing a tort claim against these guys. I mean. Well, you know, if you didn't mind saying, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, there has to be a a correction. Mm -hmm. So we already have an investigation, uh, a legislative uh, committee to investigate DCYF, Mm -hmm. uh, which is going forward. Uh, DCYF, we have clear evidence of wrongdoing by DCYF. And the thing is, if they're just going to make up this particular social worker is going to just make up straight up blatant lies uh, saying the police said this. You know, one of the things that has to happen to her is some independent committee, uh, not some, you know, it's not not somebody in the government who collects a pension fund. Uh, so, so that like and, and I think that New Hampshire is one of the only places this can happen. Uh, I'm sorry. So somebody independent has to investigate these guys and has to look through all the court filings of this particular social worker because she's a known liar and. And also, she is being defended by this attorney Ross McLeod, who is also like a, a known career dirtbag here in New Hampshire. You just a- ask anybody, you know, who's paying attention to politics. As soon as I mention his name, is like it really raises some eyebrows because he's like, you know, there's a, a lot of accusations, you know, about this guy who's just, you know, uh, you know, a hardcore leftist, um, and you know, is you know, like supports all of the radical left stuff. The one like,
0: I called Harry Potter.
1: I don't know who that is. Um, oh. I'm saying just you know, uh uh Ross McLeod who who's an attorney for DCYF. Oh, I was talking and, about
0: the, the whoever the attorney is, it's like against your wife in the courtroom.
1: Oh oh that was Peter the, Pan, that's what yeah, I called him. Yeah, that was the uh oh the soy boy Concord city's prosecutor guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um <clears throat> anyways, Yeah. Peter Pan. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, but no Ross McLeod, for example, who's this attorney that does that files these contempt orders. He submits them into the court on the behalf of the social workers. And the thing is, is the reason they're submitting these contempt orders is because people aren't Agreeing to the assessment order, and the assessment order doesn't order a mom or dad; it orders a police officer or a social worker to do this assessment.
0: But they're just treating it as if, oh, well, you're ordered to let me in your house. Right,
1: right. It's so crazy. So they're, they're they're falsifying, they're misrepresenting. This is called maladministration, and this guy does it over and over and over again. This this Ross McLeod. and and he was also the uh, same lawyer that was involved with. Uh, You know, the trespass on J.R. Holt. Literally, this Ross McLeod has cost millions of dollars of liabilities to the people of New Hampshire. And he's not even employed by DCYF. He's employed by the Attorney General's office. And, and of course, because he collects, uh, probably out of, they
2: got money to burn Jay.
1: Right, right. Well, and they collect money out of the official pension pension fund and they're members of this pension fund and this pension fund gets, you know, heavily contributed from this title 4 D social security administration based on the performance of family court and DCYF. So these guys are career criminals, um, and they are bad actors and And the, you know the the thing is is you know this needs to be exposed, so these guys are going to be investigated by the um by the legislature. Now, the reason that New Hampshire is so great and as many people who love liberty should move here as possible is because New Hampshire is one of the few states, maybe the only state that has an actual volunteer. Like there's a hundred dollar per year stipend. A hundred dollars is nothing. It's like a tank of gas in your pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, they uh, are are given a hundred dollars a year to be a state representative, and because there is four hundred of these state representatives, and there's only like one point three million people, you know, in New Hampshire. The lobbyists have to buy, like, 250 of these guys. They have to lobby hard to only basically, you know, effectively, you know, apply whatever they want to lobby to 1.3 million people. It's not lucrative for lobbyists to lobby the legislature in New Hampshire when they got places like Massachusetts, you know, where there's tens of millions of people or California or Connecticut. And there's very few legislators that you can you can lobby Uh, and therefore, you know, you can reign your will, and you know, essentially lobbying for the lobbyists, lobbying the government, you know, means that they essentially, these lobbyists' interests get richer and richer based off rules and, you know, uh, legislation. That doesn't really happen in New Hampshire because of the essential volunteer citizenry, uh, legislature we have here. So we have a legislature that does not have a, doesn't have a legislative pension fund. And based on what I'm studying, understanding about this, um, Social Security Administration Title IV financial incentives that are based on the performance of DCYF, all these states are getting all kinds of money and a whole bunch of pension funds are getting money, not just a judicial pension fund, but like all kinds of money is flowing into these states. So the legislatures of all these states uh, that were like Massachusetts, New York, California, Illinois, you know, it's just the states that are just basically cesspools are totally compromised. Here in New Hampshire, they're not.
0: Well, um, one thing I want to say is that people should definitely, in New Hampshire at least, push back against this uh, progressive idea that, oh, it's bad that we only pay the state representatives $100 a year here because that just means that only rich people can do it. I think that's ridiculous because not that many people I know that do it are rich. Sure, a lot of them are old, so have something to be doing or have nothing to be doing.
2: Right, they. It, what happens is, is that we end up with a lot of people that are over the, you know, the retirement age and and that sort of thing. So, doesn't I think there's like
0: it doesn't even seem like a, a lot compared to like how old New Hampshire is. Like, there's tons of young ones that, or at least like middle. There age. are
2: more now because mm-hmm. my pre, my guess is is the free staters are very dedicated to being there, but. Um, there's a lot of them that are, especially, um, you know, 20 years ago, there's was, was a lot of old people because they're the only ones that had the.
0: But the idea the, it needs the to be time. turned into an actual like we need a living wage in the legislature is ridiculous. It, are they saying that? no? They uh, are. Okay. They really are saying that. I, I don't know why I said no, but they they are like um, progressives on Twitter, especially this one short haired progressive, um, um, House of Representative person in new hampshire she posts about that and she says like the way that we have it right now only retired people and the rich can really Mm -hmm. do this um but so we need like a living wage and it's just that's absolutely ridiculous the idea that we need an incentive for just anyone to want to go do that is so stupid
2: i kind of think that the um, I, I don't doubt for a second that that's happening, but I, I feel like there's not this isn't going to go anywhere in New Hampshire, that most people are happy with the hundred dollars a year that the representatives get and and that sort of thing. And I, I think there's advantages to it. I wouldn't call it a perfect system by any stretch. Um, it's worth pointing out that New Hampshire is marginally freer than, um, you know, the rest of the states and that it, uh, you know, I mean our legislator only managed to save us that much. And whereas, you know, I'm in Florida right now, Florida's number two, it, it pays its representatives. I think everybody else pays their representatives besides New Hampshire. And I'm not advocating for paying representatives, just saying that that New Hampshire needs support. <laughs> uh, it, it, this, this one fact isn't going to save it.
0: Wait, I, I'm a little confused by what you mean there. What do you mean? Uh, you mean that New Hampshire's doing bad?
2: No, New Hampshire is doing well as far as uh, liberty goes, and it'll probably be the freest state in the union at some point. I do wonder how free it can get, because it can only get as free as a state can get. Um, But at this time, the citizen legislature isn't going to save New Hampshire. It needs to do it. needs more. It needs more things. Um, You know, people getting involved in the government, you know, people who want to spend their lives. Getting in there and, and, then you and voting. About, you think you
0: got to think about um, there's the backlash. There's the, the pendulum swing because, yeah, uh, free staters really want to get into the legislature and they get really into it. And then there's the pendulum sli- swing of the Democrats that for some reason the the free staters have, who were in the legislature, all decided were the enemy. No, the enemy's not the state. No, um, um, what's her name? Leah Cushman. She is going to still vote for you to not be able to do drugs because even though she c- claims to be like a libertarian because well she doesn't want to piss off the re- republicans cuz the the real enemy is the democrat and i'm not just picking on her it's just a great example it's it's what happens when everybody all these freestars get into the um to the state house they suddenly are just like the enemy is the democrats we just want to be a little tiny bit better instead of like much better and since they do that all of the democrats are just going to pendulum swing right back and get really serious about being in in well, the bonnie i don't think that there's too. any
2: i don't think there's any solving the democrat problem um i moved to new hampshire in 2006 and the democrats were dead set against us there i don't know why the democrats are dead set against the free staters That's it what seems I'm
0: like they i could tell you
2: why about. because they're evil Right. That's why. It's I mean, because- I've watched these people, Bonnie. It's we tried to work with them for a long time. We were like, hey, bring us your issues. We'll work with you when you're in power on the issues. They're like, no, you want what we want for the wrong reasons. And they wouldn't work with us. They've shut us down. Mark, every you're acting like Who is
0: we like because you're acting like that the people I'm talking about free staters ever did any of this. No. Are you even on Twitter? Yes, they did.
2: Well, I, I, I don't know what happens on Twitter. I know what happens in the New York, in the New Hampshire State Um You weren't in you know, the New Hampshire House. No, but he paid attention.
0: Was, yeah, but OK, I give one example instead there, of just saying the, a thing. Give an example. Sure.
2: Um, the getting rid of the death penalty. Um, I tried to work with more than one rep on this particular issue and they didn't want to talk to me. They're like, um, you know, they, they just they would not speak to me about the issue.
0: Okay, drugs. I talked to one on my street who's a keen sure. Democrat, and she um, listened to me and put in the the bill that she was already planning on putting in. So it's not really like I did it or anything, but it's it's not like she didn't. She said go. F yourself. I'm not going to put it in because you're a free stater. She knows exactly who I am and who Ian is. It's
2: I think that um, there's one you example know, whatever,
0: you gave. I gave one example back.
2: One of whatever bill you put in. And I'm, at, I'm look, not my I
0: hope. You're arguing hope against something other than what I'm saying. You're arguing against something nope, other what than I'm what I'm
2: saying, saying is, is that um, Democrats traditionally in New Hampshire have hated our guts. That's all I'm saying. And And, and here's why.
1: Because the Democrats are like clearly the parasite class. Uh, especially they, them, and those that, you know, get a tax paycheck. They get a paycheck from the taxpayers. So the and the Democrats are definitely the kind of people who couldn't put food on the table without being subsidized by the government for the most part. I do believe a lot of them would pull up their big boy pants and actually go do something to provide for themselves if they didn't have their, you know, bureaucratic parasite job. Now, the mission statement of the Free State Project is to reduce government to its maximum authority is a protection of life, liberty, and property.
0: But how many of them know
1: that? that? A, a lot of them. So when that happens, that means all of their pension funds would cease to exist immediately. None of these guys would have a pension fund if the only purpose of government was to protect life, liberty, and property. Because the only way well, they can have a pension fund is to point guns at people and force them to pay taxes.
0: But the Jay, people in I the think state I think house that the don't t- have pension funds.
2: Uh, that's true. The um, I think that the Democrats' time in New Hampshire State House is is gone. Um, at this point, they're a minor party. I believe that enough Democrats have left New Hampshire because they see that it is too difficult to win um, any kind of positions. They're never going to have a majority status again, and that therefore they're half and half di-
0: now. They they clawed back from the first year that I moved here to the second year. They clawed back a whole bunch more seats
2: um they don't get them linearly they get them during years with presidential runs I, um did they get a majority
0: no it's like 50/50 50, no. 50, as 50/50 50, 50 as it can be and so, it wasn't yeah. a year Here's another
1: thing too the democrats are also genociding themselves so like they're literally pushing things like abortion for example um as like a you know like a like a prerequisite to like even being cool in their club like you know all girls should have abortions they're literally you know you know, so abortion as you know a form of contraceptive, um, and you know, and the thing is, you know, like I've I, I used to be sort of like pro life. Now I'm more like, well, if you want to have an abortion, you probably shouldn't be a parent.
2: Yeah, um, that's my thought too. And too. if you wanted abortion, please get one.
1: Yeah, and and, and so it's like, but also like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if like, so in New Hampshire, if you kill a pregnant mom, are you being charged with, uh, v- you know, vehicular homicide, like you drive your double car into a homicide. pregnant mom, are you being charged with d- double homicide? Mm-hmm. Well, then, if the law is going to be consistent, you know, like it's supposed to be, sounds like it'd be murder if you, you know, going to apply consistency, it sounds like a b- abortion would be murder. Well, I don't think now- there's
0: really any point in making the government or the uh, laws consistent. They just like they're inconsistent for other reasons. But sure. one thing about it is that person wanted that baby to be alive and i think that actually does matter and i i know people are like oh so it's just whether or not the baby you want it i i get that that might not make much sense but it has to be an actual factor like do i want to do this labor of giving this baby life or do i not
1: so what if the mom was on the way to the abortion clinic and had a scheduled appointment and she gets you know killed in a you know some kind of horrific accident and and her and a baby or just a baby die you know and maybe the mom lives. You know, then is it vehicular homicide on the pa- part of the baby. Well, because
0: what? the prosecutor wants to get them in jail for as long as possible <laughs> right, because right, right. we have laws, not because like normal people are sitting around thinking about right,
1: it. Right. The, the courts are not about justice. In right. fact, I'm doing some some pretty heavy duty research. These courts are actually just financial institutions. They're just banks. All they do is charge and discharge. And every time the judge creates an order, it's essentially a money order. But I one of the things about what these Democrats, another thing that they're doing with the whole like gender nonsense is <clears throat> so the Democrats the left uh, so I've been studying some some st- statistics on like uh, internet device usage of young children and it is leftist families. it is leftist um, parents that are heavily allowing their children to use uh, the the internet devices. So in this study mark that I uh, that I'm gonna that I sent you, Uh, It's called Children's Health in the Digital Age. They talk about how in 2016, that children from three to nine years old and also from 13 to 19 years old. I don't know why they leave out 10, 11 and 12 in a study. It's weird to me. But anyways, according to the metadata of the apps in 2016, those kids were using that those Internet device seven hours per day. And in 2021, they were using the Internet device nine hours per day. So basically you have kids that are using internet devices like nine hours a day. And then you have kids like mine that are just not using internet devices at all. So what I am observing and based on this study and articles I've read and just, you know, listening to like, you know, Ted talks and YouTube videos, you know, while I'm working or driving or something, um, it is the leftist, you know, career minded, like, especially like, you know non-traditional moms that are going to work that are hardcore leaning on these internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters
3: and they're destroying their own youth.
2: I don't think that there's a large percentage of people. If you, if you divide people into who votes Republican and who votes Democrat, um, it seems like the Democrat voters who are wealthy moms going to work um, you know, using devices as uh, some kind of child rearing, uh, you know, gadget. I think that they're a low percentage of the people who vote Democrat who have children. I think there's those children are a low percentage.
0: Well, it's 603-283-6160. And if you have something you want to bring up, you can call that number. It's Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's talk radio that you control, and 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. That's 603-283-6160, and with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. And Mark.
0: And Jay had um, his promo to tell you about Anarchapulco. What is that, Jay?
1: So Anarchapulco is the largest international freedom conference, from what I understand. Uh, and it, it happens February 11th to 16th in Acapulco, Mexico. So, if you guys know who, uh, Jeff Berwick, dollar vigilante, is, he does these walk and talks, um, uh, vigilante.tv with his dog, Lucy. And now he's got a son. I'm actually, uh, I think Jeff uh, has really, um, Come along, uh, done some brain development. Since Does he have he's like a baby? Son. Yeah, he's got a, like a baby that's almost a year old. Hmm. Uh, so like I'm pretty primed to uh, talk to uh, basically he's my audience. You know, men or people with kids or people who want want kids or and in general, people who want to invest in our posterity. That is what I'm going to be talking, speaking about at polco I'm also uh, just uh, filled out the paperwork to do a workshop. I don't know if they're going to pick my workshop. I really have d- never done a workshop, but I I pitched them on doing a workshop about solutions on what to do, to, you know, what kind of individual solutions depending on you know what your culture is, where you live, what you have for money to you know get your kids uh, in the mindset of earning their dopamine hits and uh, not getting them not getting addicted to getting free dopamine hits from the internet devices. So, Anarquipo. Uh, is uh, going to be a great time. There's going to be all kinds of speakers there. In fact, a lot of them I'm uh, very excited to uh, meet. Um, and it's uh, a beautiful place to go. The, the, the place is the secret garden. Was like looks really good. It's coming back to life. They've got it cleaned up. This is where they uh, host this event down there in, in uh, Acapulco. And if you go to Acapulco.com backslash tickets and you use a coupon code J, that's J-A-Y, uh, you can get a ten percent discount, and uh, there's uh, all kinds of stuff that uh, they're actually going to have going on. There's a uh, Agriforco, which is going to be the week after Anarquico, um, the February. Who runs that one? What's that?
0: Uh do you know who runs that one?
1: Uh, it's a decentralized event, basically uh, our equivalent to Fork Fest, mm-hmm. and so I plan on being there for Agriforco, uh, and then uh, February seventh, seventeenth through eighteenth, there is a game changers uh and that location is to be announced but uh the game changers thing is like you know jeff uh has been pitching this as like if you really want to like step it up and do the hard work uh this game changers thing is you know gonna make you superman or something is the way he pitches it but um (laughs) uh i mean but you know he's uh just you know he's done a lot of good things i think and a lot of people uh, seem to like the guy and they've, they've been you know satisfied with his uh you know, uh, work and, uh, you know, i I want liberty in my lifetime and I feel, uh, going to anarcho and presenting to people how to, you know, my idea and investing in our posterity is, is how we're going to get there because we need the future generations to just not be reliant on government. We need them to be, you know, independent, you know, strong people. And, you know, not, uh, you know, when you earn the free D's, de- when you get free dopamine hits as a child quite likely you're going to grow up just wanting to be a parasite and not have to and not earn your dopamine hits from, you know, working hard, for example.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jay, for sharing that with us about um, in Arcapulco. Um There was a hurricane there and they're still going to go on with stuff. I saw a chunk taken out of a hotel there. It's pretty crazy hurricane. Some people think was not real.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jeff <laughs> Rowick thinks it was a direct, direct, a directed weapon Basically, um, you know, sent directly into uh, Max Egan's house. I don't know if you guys know who Max Egan is. I've heard that name. He refers to himself as the Crow House. Uh, I listen to his things on LBRY. He's on Odyssey and Butchute and Vigilante. Is he the one that him and his wife
0: do audiobooks? That that guy? Okay. I don't know who that is, but I know the name. Well, it looks like we have the caller on the line. Skeeter in California. Oh, you got to turn your radio off. Okay, never mind. Actually, sorry, I can't talk to you, Skeeter. 603-283-6160. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. 283 Skeeter doesn't follow the rules, so he doesn't get to be on the air, but you can. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. 283 6160 Sounds I like you're carrying
2: a grudge against Skeeter.
0: <laughs> no, I just don't like to talk to him, and he calls the entire show. That's actually like if I believed in police, he could get in trouble for that. He literally is on, Just like,
3: stop. <laughs> literally doing,
0: like, stalking or whatever it is, harassment. He's harassing me every single day that I do the show. And I don't well, want to talk to him. you can't
2: give the telephone number and then call harassment. <laughs> no, I told him I don't want to
0: talk to him. So that that's not the same thing. It's He knows the telephone number. but I'm not um, inviting him. him to call. Well, Ian told me how to block people and it doesn't work.
1: So anyways, uh, Mark, I would like to uh, kind of brainstorm with you a little bit here live on the air. I want to tell you okay. about an idea I have. So I do want to run for state representative again. Uh, My wife doesn't really want me to because you know um, she just would rather you know have me a lot of time, yeah. But uh, I I think a you know me literally running as a state representative and not even going to the state house and not even doing a darn thing would be a lot better than someone who's going to go there and vote for masks, vote for mandated injections. Someone who's you know basically a you know brain dead you know, um, <clears throat> Democrat type, you know, that just, you know, loves the state and everything, you know, the state wants to do, because those are basically who, you know, I ran against, uh, before. So New Hampshire, uh, in, in, uh, the area I'm in, the uh, voting district is, uh, Henniker, Bradford, and Warner. And the, basically who decides who wins to vote is the college because it's Henniker's a college town. Okay. So, uh, who what goes, college, uh, New England college.
2: Okay. I'm not even familiar with it, but yeah, all
1: right. It's, it's like a, it's,
0: isn't that what, the one in Hillsborough?
1: No, New England college is in Henniker. Oh, that's I, what
0: I meant. Sorry. Yeah. I mixed those two up.
1: And, uh so, uh, so basically it, from what I understand, it's sort of like a liberal arts college. All the kids I have talked to are going to school for like educational studies, childhood something or, or, or another, um, you know, liberal arts degrees. So so basically, and the demographic of it is inner city kids, from what I understand, and um, they are
2: it must be know, pretty bored out in Henneker.
1: They're all afraid of the woods. They're all uh, like afraid of bears. I've definitely like like I'm like, well, what's the worst thing about being here? They're like, oh, I'm scared of bears. Everyone said they're scared of bears. The well, boys that and that the girls I've talked guns,
0: to. But then again, um, you need a crazy gun for a bear, right?
1: Well. Uh, the bears in New Hampshire generally go the other way, unless...
0: Yeah, yeah, someone was telling me if I have coconut with me, a bear will not mess with me. And I was mm. like, what are you talking about? He's a chihuahua. And they were like, a bear will not mess with coconut barking at them. Unless you, unless the bear knows,
1: knows how good coconut tastes. Because <laughs> uh, well. bears do definitely like to eat small animals uh, if they can. But the thing in New Hampshire is... You know, unless you like mess with a mama bear, or that mama bear feels like you're threatening her cubs, they're generally gonna gonna leave you alone. If you see bear cubs, you need to make it a point to get the hell out of there. That is when you're going to be in trouble. Is if there is bear cubs, that's good advice. Um,
2: I'd say moose are more dangerous in New Hampshire than bears.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh,
1: You hit a moose. What happens is the moose is very tall. Their legs are long and lanky. And their center of gravity is up very high. And what happens is all of that, 95% of that moose's mass lands on your moose lap. mass. Moose <laughs> mass lands on your lap.
0: That's terrifying. it
1: actually lands on your steering wheel and drives that into your lap. And that is usually what causes... Yep. Um,
2: it, some- oh. For those that don't know what it's like to hit a moose, it's like a full 80-gallon hot water heater suspended on four six foot two by fours um, it just you, you <laughs> hit you knock the two by fours over and then the the hot water heater full hot water heater Lands right through the windshield of a, of a regular car,
0: yeah, I did um a job knocking on doors for politicians in New Hampshire, but I was smarter than everybody else. so my uh, I made sure that my job was mostly getting in the car and going to pick up this guy from over here and bringing him to this neighborhood. So I wasn't like out in the middle of nowhere very often, and unless it was like, oh, I was really needed to be walking far away from my car. um, but even then, it's like a lot of times things were far enough away I could drive house to house. but anyways, Tons of my friends have been just walking and been like, there's a freaking mama bear and there's all its babies. Oh, yeah. They're like, what do you do? You just got to be quiet and careful because they don't have cars with them. They're just walking past them and they just have to be,
1: and, don't and, go near them. And I think uh, when it comes to uh, encountering bears, uh, bear spray hmm. would be more effective than a gut. Mm-hmm. And probably the most effective part of the gun is the noise of the gun, hmm. more more sense. so than the bullet. Unless you're going to carry like a Desert Eagle 50 cal with you, or you have a shotgun, you know, carrying with you. But like you're, you know, nine eight, you know, a uh, uh, nine millimeter, or I mean, even a 45, like. You know, unless you hit them square in the head, like like bears, like just don't care. They're if, if they're going to come after you, they're coming after you.
0: That about the noise makes sense, because a lot of people in Utah would say not obviously a gun would be better, but another good weapon, quote unquote, against the cougars, because sometimes I'd be like, that's so creepy. There's cougars in the mountains. Well, people would say all you need is a flashlight. If you flash a flashlight, I'm going to freak out and leave. And if, I don't know if that's true, but that, a lot of people said that to me.
1: So so my thought is, is that in these college towns like my town, the, the college kids just all vote Democrat. Um, they don't even care. So <clears throat> I, I, I would definitely run as a Democrat. And we have... I would
2: think the kids... So are, in your town, does the Democrat normally get elected? Always. Because always. Always. It's always a Democrat. Yeah, it's a, it's a
0: college town, so it makes sense.
2: So well, I would can- think they wouldn't even run at all, to be honest. Or excuse me, they wouldn't vote at all. The college kids.
1: Oh sure, they. It, it's like a real big. It's like a real big thing. They and- go
0: bust them in for one thing. Like kid, college kids are not interested in it. But or maybe a lot of them are not interested in it. But a bunch of them get bust to go right, vote, the, the, and they all are, are like, "Uh, well, I guess I'm a Democrat."
1: They have whole things. So, but the thing is, is so basically, all you really got to do is just go engage the college kids, which is actually pretty easy to do. So, like, w- one of the things that, like, the Democrats have when it, you know, comes to voting is uh, their constituents are basically, you know, living in these dorm buildings, whether it be low-income housing, whether it be apartment blocks within the cities. So what they can do is they can go literally knock on, like, 10 doors an hour to where out in rural America, where the conservatives are, is, you know, it's you... you you. How many doors could you knock on an hour, Bonnie, when you were doing your... um campaigning
0: um well okay you shouldn't ask me but one of my friends who is, takes the job really seriously at one point they were asking him to knock on 150 doors a day and that was like wow that's really hard it's normally like 75 to 80 or something like that
1: now that sounds like and in those a suburb, are good
0: people yeah
1: you know where i live right
0: um no i'm talking about even in new hampshire but I'm,
1: but i'm just saying in, in like drove around like like Henneker, new hampshire which is a big spread of land, where New Hampshire, big spread of land, you know, you got to get in a car, put, you know, and, you know, drive a couple minutes to the next driveway. Mm -hmm. So You know, some of my neighbors' driveways, like if, you know, you need a four-wheel drive pickup truck on a day like today just to get up the driveway if it's like raining and, you know, because they got a dirt, you know, sloshy driveway. Um, You know, where, you know, even like, you know, all over New Hampshire's, you know, rural America is like that. It's very hard to get out and like convince people to vote. So people really need a reason to vote for somebody. But in a Democrat area, in you know, in the dense areas, the Democrat ground game is really, really good because they can go there and convince people to vote. If you, as especially like you know, the the guy who's running for the position himself goes and talks to people, um, they are quite likely, you know, going to vote. And that's what now, David
0: Hathaway did. David Hathaway who's yep. a sheriff in Nogales, um Arizona. He and his wife went door to door talking to people and she would even send them right, uh letters because she's just a really caring person who remembers like all their kids' names and would be like how's your kid doing and all this stuff and he won like by landslide being the newbie.
1: But what what we need is we need a we need more free staters willing to or liberty-minded people in general it doesn't even have to be free staters, but let's just say free staters uh, to run as Democrats in these college towns, because just like <clears throat> Aria, she ran for uh, sheriff here.
0: Yeah, as a Republican.
1: As a Republican, as a you know trans Satanist, uh, I forget what her whole spiel was off the top of my head, and this is still making national news. I hear people talking talk about you know, this on podcasts again and again, they're like, oh yeah, this trans dude that is the um, high priestess of this satan's oh yeah wow yep um ran as a republican in new hampshire and won the primary for sheriff it basically goes to show that people don't pay attention who they're voting for well that's the truth
2: that's for sure so So let me answer the question jay um when it comes to running for new hampshire state house i would agree that running and doing nothing more than winning um, that running that running in and of itself has value um, when it comes to New Hampshire that winning you are a better rep than a Democrat that actually shows up um, <laughs> and, and probably better than a Republican that shows up um, that yeah, you you good. vote half by not voting you vote half right on every issue um, <laughs> then yeah. the um, when it comes to going actually going and being one of the 400 reps in new hampshire i think you have to kind of look at what it's like at uh town meeting do you uh, how many people show up at town meeting in henneker
1: uh literally only the parasite class shows up
2: hmm. quite What's the liter- number
1: like 85 people
2: right so town meeting um you know what it's like to propose something at town meeting, you know what it's like to call for a vote, you know what it's like to vote against something in town meeting and it it's it's nearly ineffective. Um when you're among 400 people, the likelihood that you're going to be the deciding vote is low. So I I almost recommend against going. Um I'm not saying I do, I think that the the reps that Go, go to every single opportunity to go for every committee, everything. Those are the people that have the real power. And frankly, I believe you could have that kind of power without even being elected as a rep. If you just even didn't have the vote, you just went and, you know, gave your opinion every day in, um, you know, New Hampshire and gave it in a clear and concise fashion that you could develop your own political poll without even being a rep. That's good um, point. not that I'm recom- recommending doing that. I'm just saying that the la- the world's largest, excuse me, the state's uh, largest legislative body among the states is a big body and it's hard to be meaningful in that body.
0: So you're saying it would be better to just run and get city councilor or something?
2: I think if I ran, um, my advice to Jay would be this uh, is run, show up for the big votes because that's once a week. Um, you know, dedicate half a day, uh, three quarters of a day, to uh, go and and vote on some issues. That way, you're getting your votes in, and no one can say, "Hey, he's been absent," or at least get enough votes in that it you're you're not counted as absent. Um, on the very biggest days, I mean, it's probably I think it's done on Wednesdays, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And that's my guess. Tops ten Wednesdays per year. So. You know, if you're giving up three quarters to, of a day, you 10 days. You do have to a, think
0: how much more, um, you know, rededicated those people are to getting their people in, involved. First of all, Democrats in general, 10 times more dedicated to getting their people, specific Well, they got
1: nothing better to do but, but make sure... That, you know, they get their people involved. It's their livelihood. This is, you know, the, the the whole deal. And the amount of money that comes into New Hampshire from, like, out of state for, yeah. like, all these Democrat oh, yeah. things is Especially insane. Democrats.
0: It's crazy. Um, so when I went and held signs for Matt Santanastasso in Dublin, I kind of made friends with the older Democrat ladies there just because I stood up for myself against a man. And they liked that. And then they were like, well, why are you holding a Republican sign? I mean, But whatever. And I was listening to their conversations together. Whenever their friends would walk in, they were all like, "So vote yes on this and no on that." They were like giving them instructions. They're like, "Yes, yes, yes." So remember from the meeting, vote yes on this and no on that. Vote for blah blah blah, and they're t- like telling them who to vote for. Oh yeah.
1: So when I was uh, holding a sign outside of the um, the, the polling place in Henniker for the primary and the general, uh, so many people came up to me. They're like jay i don't know who to vote for who's any good here you know Mm. you know who's all right and i'm like well you know the all the guys that are you know republican for state representative actually so what was kind of cool is all the republicans that ran in my district there was uh, six of us in the primary but there was only three seats is every one of them was pretty much like principled constitutionalist freedom type uh Two of them were free staters, hmm. and f- including you, yes. And uh, four of them were like locals. Um, that and 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 I had talked with all these guys, and they and we all very much shared similar values. Agreed, government should be very very small. Um, <clears throat> but what was interesting is I got to chat with uh, the, the the Democrat guy Tony Kaplan, who he who I ran against him, and he ended up winning. Um, and you know he's a nice guy; he's all right to chat with. But like you know. Um, and but he just the guy is like not much wisdom, you know, when it comes to like, you know, he thinks like the Federal Reserve is doing a fantastic job. Wow. He, well. he thinks like Klaus Schwab and a and, and World Economic Forum and Bill Gates are good. He believes that, you know, um, everybody should have to wear masks during, you know, during a, a health emergency. You know, he, he doesn't think that you have the freedom not to be vaccinated because, you know, that this is how plagues move around how plagues he's just you know he has no wisdom but he's never really had an actual job he's been like an educator his whole life um from what i understand but there was this old woman older woman there that was very sweet and she was holding up these democrat signs and um we started talking about uh something about nutrition And I says, well, yeah, you know, a lot of the, I go, uh, I go, I used to be 300 pounds. And she's like, wow, she was, you look very good now. You know, how'd you do that? I go, I just stopped eating all government subsidized food for about six months. (laughs) And I went from 265 pounds to, you know, 210 pounds.
0: What did she say to that?
1: She's like, oh, like, I I don't understand what government subsidized food is. Was she fat? No, no, no. Okay. no oh, so this woman had a background in nutrition hmm. and she was like, she's like in her, she was actually like pretty darn good looking lady for being like near 70 years old and probably. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Old. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of old people, really old people are not that fat because they didn't eat like crap their whole and, life. And,
1: but she, she understood all of this stuff about like. You know, Monsanto and the Roundup and the glyphosate and how it came from Agent Orange. And like, mm. and I'm like, well, you know, you can't get a government subsidy unless you use all that stuff, a government crop subsidy. And she's like, I know, I didn't know that. I says, mm. yeah. I go, the reason we have a, and she's an environmentalist. And I'm like, well, the reason that we have a Mississippi dead zone is because of government right. farm subsidies. All of those uh, fake. You know, synthetic manure, synthetic fertilizer that is running down in Mississippi only exists because that's what you required to use for your Monsanto growing practices to get your federal uh, crop subsidy check.
0: 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to get in on the conversation with us and bring up whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Talk radio that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number that you can call to get in on the conversation with us. And it looks like we actually have a couple callers on the line right now. 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, we've got me, Bonnie.
2: Jay. And me, Mark Edge.
0: And we have Dodger on the line in is that Minnesota or Michigan? Wait, Michigan. Right?
9: Dodger again uh, uh, yes Bonnie what's on your Uh, mind Kalamazoo Uh, yes uh, actually I kind of uh, fan uh, fanboying uh, boying out uh, here with uh, both uh, Jay Noon and Mark wait 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 so you're telling
0: me that free talk live isn't going to fail because I put mark on there instead of the person we had before
9: uh, heck no! Uh, Excellent. <laughs> at, at, at either rate, uh, uh, I, I've called past about uh, actually kind of Manning up at the age of seventeen and emancipating myself, hmm. and uh, I'm not sure who necessarily was on the air, but. Yes, I just don't understand, Um, and I've only uh, been listening for for a few minutes tonight, but with uh, Jay Noon and uh, Mark Mark. uh, on on the air, I kind of like a little insight as to how somebody at the age of 17 can actually uh, go out and make a way for themselves in this world, uh, kind of like I did.
2: You mean today, then, that, w- that would be more difficult? Is that the suggestion?
9: Well, uh, this was in 2000 when I did it. So, I mean, well, it's 23 years later.
2: So, am I just predicting how you did it in the past, or do you want me to say how to uh, do it now? Uh,
9: how would one do it now? Because I know how I did it then.
2: Yeah. um, Well, it's right. I guess the, uh, the one most valuable trait in an employee, I wouldn't go start my own business straight away. um, You know, just coming out of the house uh, with not a penny to my without two nickels to rub together. But the one trait that's uh, valuable then that is valuable now is attitude when it comes to an employee in my opinion, uh, an employee, a 17-year-old with the right attitude can walk into pretty much bi- any business, get himself hired, and manage to move up relatively quickly simply because he or she care about their job. Um, because it's, it's very difficult to put together the kind, that, that particular skill. And I know I didn't have it when I was 17, <laughs> you know and no, it's not, kind of, I
9: can promise you that that's exactly what I did. Yeah.
0: So is it harder nowadays I, for 17-year-olds is that the idea? I,
1: I don't think so. So I I definitely I
2: think the government's made it harder for 17-year-olds to get work, but a good attitude doesn't will, will trump that any day.
1: So people are really desperate for work right now. So like uh one of my uh good friends, he has a business locally. And he's got a young man working for him. And uh, the kid's like, I think he's 20 years old. And his uh, this is his second job. And his job before that was a dishwasher for eight months.
3: And
0: McDonald's, right?
1: Mm, I don't know. Um, oh. This is a different guy. Oh, I'm thinking I, of yeah. House. So he's nice. McDonald's? Yeah, I don't think there yeah, really are dishes. You're Mr. right. No. <laughs> we were just talking <laughs> about it
0: yesterday. They do it in France now because they're forcing them to not have one use wrappers um, and stuff. But it's funny because it's like the second guy you've told basically this kind of story about. Who is a 20 year old used to work at yep. somewhere else and so now he's out-
1: he was working at a mom and pop restaurant mm-hmm. and uh now he's working at a basically like a small engine repair you know type uh, you know they they work on a lot of little equipment they do a lot of maintenance uh good little business <clears throat> and the guy who uh um is a father and son that own a business uh and you know the young man he has very very little experience but what he does have is he has ambition And he, he, he doesn't really have his, his confidence is building. He's only been working there for about four or five weeks from what I understand. But he's always like, every time I'm there, he's like doing something. He's finding something to do. As soon as he's like done with a task, he goes and asks what's the next, next task. And, and he's pretty good about also like doing homework. So one of the things I suggested to this kid is like, Hey, you want to learn about this, this particular machine and what maintenance it requires any of the machines just go on YouTube and just you know internet search you know what the machine is because they got all kinds of equipment at this place and you know what what the maintenance interviews are what you want to do for maintenance how, you know what it needs cuz a lot of the jobs that these guys are doing is maintenance so he he does that stuff and i often tell kids that they should go home and they should investigate questions that customers ask on their own time to make themselves like a better employee. Like there's a camper place down the road and a girl was like 17 years old working a cash register and she didn't like have... Like selling
0: like RVs?
1: Yeah, basically she was, was working in like the, the store. There's like mm-hmm. a little retail store there. And she didn't have the answer for a, a question that a customer had in front of me and she had to go get somebody. I'm like, oh, I know how to answer that question. You know, I've dealt with this thing before. And, and then I said to the girl, I says, you know you know you should make it a point to like write this down and like internet search so like two weeks later i go in there and her boss was like oh did you tell so-and-so that she should like internet search this on her own time she's been doing that and oh and and she's she's going to be the last one to get fired you know uh, (laughs) when it comes time for layoffs or winter time or whatever because you know she showed value but the other thing too is i would add to this uh to to, to mark's answer and this answer is so like i i, I kind of like to say that i have engaged in a soy boy recovery program for some young <laughs> men um and, and and one of my first things i offered these guys you know and one guy he was like you know he wanted to maybe be trans himself to a girl hmm. and i'm like well why don't you eat some beef here's some hamburger um eat some beef and uh you know maybe you know s- stop eating like things that are fried mm. you know in in vegetable oil stop eating you know processed junk food you know he's a single young man doesn't live with anybody he's living by himself you know he's ca- he's camping most of the time I'm like just you need to eat some beef eat some meat I wouldn't and- be
0: surprised if most people would things that are considered mental health problems which being trans is one I'm not saying that there's no such thing as people who would just want to live as a different gender but I think that 90% of people with any kind of ment- mental health problem can turn it around themselves with so, their diet and with working out and doing things that make them happier.
1: Yes. So, anyways, like just, and, and I was like, just eat beef. You don't have to eat anything else. Just eat some beef for like several days. And
0: beef is like the and, best animal. And,
1: and, and like, you know, um, you know, just. Like whole fruits and vegetables, but like none of this processed stuff, you know, because he's basically, you know, like going to a convenience store and getting, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. And, uh, so, so, and the other thing too, is what, what I really, really like, especially for like teenagers is like, you don't have, like, if you're living at home with your parents, you should be like building skills and honing those skills. And I really like apprenticeship programs. Like if you just show up to like a farm and you'll be like, hey, listen, I need a job, and the guy's like, well, you, you get you don't have any experience, I don't want to hire you, and you'll be like, listen, I will just like work for free for a week. You don't even have to pay me because, like, when you show up at and you don't know how to do the job and you have no experience, you're now a distraction to the guy and and a potential liability. Um, so, so if you're like, oh, I'll just do this for free. Well, he, he, here's a pitchfork. Here's a shovel. Go shovel that manure over there. Like, there's always those, go stack that hay. I mean, there's a lot of low-skilled jobs that can sort of be like, you know...
2: also when you're you've got to speak the language of the person who's trying that you're trying to get hired by so if you're talking about a small business person in many cases they're the kind of person that went to work at 15 or 16 years old and they fancy themselves that they would have offered their services for free that they really wanted to um, you know, be one of these, uh, you know, these, these hardworking young people, whether it's true or not, they imagine it's true. I certainly do. And, um, you know, when you start saying things like that to them, there's no way that they're going to be able to say no.
1: Yeah, that that's very true. Uh, like <clears throat> there's a local huge tree company in town. I think they're called A.W. Brown. And they like do a bunch of land clearing. They these lots full of like I don't know fifty million dollars worth of equipment. It's a big, big outfit. And the guy who's like the foreman there, he basically said that he started working for, um, you know, John Brown or whatever his name was, you know, when he was nine years old. Now he's like, we'd all go to jail if we let a nine year old work with us today. But he was nine years old, and he's out there. With you know real life lumberjacks being a lumberjack, and 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 his job was like you know you know shoveling the mud off the tracks of the machine at the end of the day, so it wouldn't freeze to the ground, and like you know checking the oil and just washing windows, and you know just. Making sure whatever that, they could give him to do right, and 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 there's always a. Ju- it's just kind of like being on a fire department. Like if you're a volunteer firefighter, I was hanging out at the fire department with my uncle when I was 14 years old. I technically couldn't be on the fire department, but I could be at the fire station rolling up hose, uh, you know, cleaning things up, helping yep. guys put gear away. And it's just, like my sister's
0: know. boyfriend that's staying here right now. He said that his uh, great grandpa that um, he lived with would just send him to go hang out with the boys at the golf club that do the following them around and what the lackeys you know the the caddies there we go Uh, wrong word so he would send him (laughs) and and say hey caddies watch my great grandson and then he basically got not really work experience but you know interest in work Um, what are you trying to say dodger turned you back up you're breathing kind of in the mic there
9: Oh, I'm I'm so sorry.
2: You and all that breathing. Uh,
9: At at either rate, no. uh, (laughs) I'm just uh, kind of hoping to share my my experience uh, with other listeners. Uh, I mean, it it started out uh, with a paper route at the age of 10. And I built that and uh rich friends that were i say rich friends uh friends that came from uh wealthy households i I came from a very low class we were probably the poorest people in in our neighborhood but they learned a good work ethic at a very young age because my mom said, "Alright, I'll uh, I'll feed you, I'll put clothes on your back, and I'll put a roof over your head. That's about all I can do for you." And if I wanted anything else. And so I I guess I developed a good work ethic from a very young age. And it's that work ethic to... is,
2: in oh. my to my mind, that work ethic is the number one thing that I would be looking for from any employee. Um, the next thing I'd be looking for is initiative. Uh, Jay was talking about it here when he was saying something to the effect of, you know, go home and figure out the top 10 questions that customers ask, research it, and have an answer. Um, you know, just to be the kind of person that solves problems, attempts to solve problems, and... And, you know, if there's, if there's trash on the ground, pick it up, you know, you can wait for your boss to tell you to do everything.
1: Yeah. I, every time I go places with my kids and there's trash on the ground, we, we just pick up trash. Sure. Um, like at pork fest, uh, up at the kid playground, there was like no trash cans up there. So at, every evening, uh, you know, me and my kids are just walking around picking up trash and they were, you know, m- my daughter's, you know, body slamming my son running over to pick up the, uh, you know, cause there's one piece of trash to pick up and they both want to get it. So there was like the competition <laughs> to do it. And then like three days into this, there's like seven or eight kids all running around, picking up trash. When I, you know, I'm, when they see me and my kids picking up the trash and, and it just like, you know, it sets an example that, and the thing is, is whatever we do, our, you know, the, 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 our kids want to do in fact, whatever we talk about doing, I've learned, you just talk about doing something and then next thing, you know, your kids want to do it. Hmm. Like we were talking, having a conversation with a friend about S kickers, you know, poop kickers, which is, is, well, it's like muck boots, you Uh know? So like, Oh, you got your S kickers on my friend says. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my daughter goes, dad, what's a poop kicker? And, uh, my, and then we're talking about poop kickers, uh, being the muck boots and you can go kick poop with them. And then my son goes, I want to go kick poop. Can we go out in a pig pen and kick poop? So we just walked around mm. and kicked poop in the pig pen together. And one of the things we do is we kick the pig poop and the cow poop cause we want to look in it and see what's in there for seed. So as we're kicking the poop around, we're seeing that there's a bunch of whole corn in the cow in the cow poop hmm. because I, I didn't have any ground corn, and I'm feeding them a little bit of whole corn, which they're basically not really digesting, so that's why it's important to ground, grind your corn and then my kids are like, "Oh, that's corn. Can I eat that corn?" I'm like, "No, you no. don't want to eat that corn <laughs> and um but what happens is we let the chickens out there and the chickens go clean all that corn up. But then we also have, we, so we feed some barley that's um, sprouted but it's whole and there's a little bit of that in the poop. And then right now we got a bunch of what's called crushed barley. So it's, it's, it's whole barley that they crush and we get it in a bag crushed. And there's none of that in the poop because it's already crushed and the, the animals totally digest it, the pigs and the cows.
0: Um, my and- friend who has a seven-year-old one day she had a seven-year-old girl-sized bra and she was like, where did you get this? And apparently one of her friend's mom gave it to her, which is a whole other story. Like that's kind of like something you shouldn't do without asking somebody's mom, a seven-year-old. And um, anyways, she was telling her like, where'd you get this? She told her where she got it. And then she's like, my back pain went away when I started wearing my bra. She was like copying all the stuff that she's heard her mom say, Yep. and that's just like, first of all, I mean, it's messed up to give a seven-year-old a bra without asking the mom. That's crazy, so she was kind of mad about that, but also she was like, shut up. That's not true.
1: <laughs> Bras are dangerous. She um, just
0: wanted to do what her mom was doing.
1: Right. Bras are dangerous. Uh, there is definitely a massive link between chronic bra wearing and breast cancer because mm. it cuts off the, um, it doesn't allow the, uh, the, the nodes, so there's lymph nodes in your armpit. Mm-hmm. that the toxins from your breasts move their move through the lymph nodes or move to the lymph nodes into your armpit and then the reason you have hair in your armpit is because so you can sweat out toxins so you can your body can detoxify.
3: And you
0: know, I think that I figured something out just now cuz I always think that some um like Fat ladies have ugly armpits, and and I just realized why. It's because, like, they wear the bra. The bra makes this little pushed-up part right around their armpits, yep. and then it's just collecting toxins. And then later when they get older, their armpits look way worse. But also skinny ladies that work out too much have weird cracked-looking armpits. But we also have a caller on the line. Oh, sorry, David from New Mexico. I just pressed drop, but I did not mean to drop David from New Mexico. Um, I just clicked the wrong button. So, David, if you're listening, you can call back. And I'm sorry about that.
1: So, so the armpit thing, real quick. I've been it
2: too, Bonnie. <laughs>
1: uh, the armpit thing: if you uh, basically look in the mirror and you hold your arm up and you look at your armpit and it's bulging, hmm. that is, it it is not. Um, it is because that is a swollen lymph node, and it is not detoxifying. So one of the things Whoa. that blocks up your your lymph nodes and your armpits is when people put on like certain types of deodorant and antiperspirants. So there's like, um. Some kind of uh, antiperspirant or deodorant. That I guess antiperspirant is what it is. So it sort of like plugs up your pores, so you don't sweat. Yeah, it's I, l-
0: um aluminum in
1: it. Yeah, so aluminum's like cronium. It happens to be like that ingredient, which is like very toxic, and you know it collects in your brain and it collects in your in your mammary glands, and it's, it starts causing issues like breast cancer and Alzheimer's and stuff like that.
0: I totally but, believe that because fat cells they collect um, toxins.
1: And and your um, so your pit should look like a pit. Um, Not a bump, uh, like you were saying. So um, that's just something like especially young, especially women should be, you know, observing about themselves, you know, is, is the condition of their armpits. Hmm. And if you are using an antiperspirant, um, then you're you're literally blocking up, you know, these these ducks, these. These glands that need to excrete
0: toxins. Man, there's all kinds of drama about my favorite um, deodorant online. It's so stupid. Like, there's Twitter and Instagram drama about Van Man's deodorant, which I hate that it's called the Van Man's. It's not calling the user a man, it's saying the Van Man created this deodorant, but it's such good deodorant without having any antiperspirant. It is amazing. It has like charcoal and um, coconut oil. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but. Um, I hate that there's all kinds of stupid drama around it just because I'm like, I don't want this to go away. It, it's just that they're like, oh, you can buy beef tallow for way cheaper on Amazon, but he claims he uses better beef tallow, whatever. And and I just think that's so stupid. My sister, I, I was tra- trying to tell her about it, uh, my deodorant, because you saw deodorant in my bathroom with aluminum in it, and yep. it was not mine. Well, I figured out it was my sister's, but she doesn't really listen to me about anything like health related. So I don't think she's going to change it because lots of people are just like, I can't not have antiperspirant or else I'll sweat. And I used to feel the same way like a couple of years ago. You need
1: to sweat. It's very important.
0: Well, I found out that if I work out, I don't excessively sweat. So if I'm working out, I sweat. And then I'm not sweating through the day just from like driving or doing nothing. You know, like that's why I used to think I needed an antiperspirant because I'd just like be sitting there and I'd sweat. But if you work out, you just get rid of that. I think,
1: and and if your your body is sweating for a reason, there's two reasons to sweat: to to um, basically get get rid of toxins, and also it's a refrigeration effect to cool you down. But it's very important to sweat. it it's it very healthy uh, for us. There's this uh, YouTube doctor. Her name is Rhonda Patrick. I think is her name. I could have that wrong, but if you check her out. Um, She's been part of some of this research I've been doing sort of in my, you know, for my investing in our posterity um, <clears throat> lecture series, uh, you know, about health and stuff. And she talks about vigorous, intermittent um, exercise, like working as hard as you sprints? can. Uh, sprints could be uh, vigorous, intermittent exercise, um, climbing trees, uh, logging, shoveling I manure. Idea. I
0: hate all this ideas. Uh, but These ideas ideas
1: wor- work really, really <laughs> hard for like four minutes
0: jump roping worked for okay four minutes all right and then
1: yeah vigorous intermittent and then take like four minutes off and just like kind of be easy so like stacking hay is like one of these things like you can stack hay like an animal for four or five minutes work really hard and then you can just take it easy and And it helps it helps
0: you with sweating
1: well what it does is there's a lot of studies that show that it, it does all kinds of things like brain benefits it gets like um like the um lactic acid that your muscles produce when you work them really hard when that gets pe- into the uh brain it does like a lot of positive benefits you know to like brain activity and brain function um
0: I w- I would suggest jump roping cuz it also makes your sure, lymph if, move
1: Well I would suggest like things that need to happen anyways like stacking the hay oh, wor- and, and working, splitting yeah. the firewood and you know um you know hiking through the like you know you know, hiking through the woods, doing stuff like snowshoeing, for example. You that's a good workout.
0: Caller on. It looks like we have a caller. Um, I probably pressed the wrong button. Um, unscreen caller, what's on your mind? Because we have a few minutes left. Hello,
6: hello. My name's Mark. I'm from Pennsylvania.
0: What's in your mind, Mark?
6: I was listening earlier when when Jay was talking about his girls milking cows. I heard love and respect, and and that really moved me because you know, I just, I'm not proud of this. I just want to say this to frame my statement. I'm a cranky old man. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I got that. And and when he spoke about his wife, I heard a lot of red flags. I mean, th- these people are corrupt and, you know, this is terrible. And it's kind of like, money over love they're not caring about our loved ones and i know everybody gets this but, you're right uh, he,
0: he loves his kids and the government wants to take them away and make them live with some strangers
1: well they, they, they didn't get that far they just wanted to interview him but you know that you know ultimately leads to that stuff because mm-hmm. the, the federal government gives a, a, a large financial incentive to you know the state of New Hampshire to take children away, to put them in foster care, to do these kind of things. But yes, I absolutely love my kids. Uh, I love being a dad. I was the oldest brother of, you know, uh, six kids. Um, and I, I really enjoyed, um, raising my younger brothers, teaching them how to, uh, you know, teaching them how to work. Uh, you know, my, my brother Christopher was, uh, I was 12 when he was born and, Uh, his girlfriend now he's 30 and his or 30 something and his girlfriend says yep that boy gets it gets his dopamine hits from going to the farm and working hard and Mm -hmm. and that's what you know what he was doing when he was a little kid so yeah
0: oh i it looks like i um don't have mark anymore but there is another anonymous caller on what's on your mind on screen caller
9: hey um I love all the, uh, the ideas for how to work out and all of that. Um, I actually, uh, uh, occasionally I walk around for exercise and a lot of times I find myself picking
2: up, uh, garbage. Um, it's a really good idea. Oh, that's but, a great um,
0: idea. Like cut, killing two birds with one stone, but you have something I bring like a little bag.
2: <laughs>
3: Yeah,
8: I just wanted to give a little follow-up with the legal advice that I got. I got my ticket. um, I think you're going to have to call
0: back tomorrow. I'm sorry. It's Free Talk Live, and we're on 7 to 10 Eastern Time every night. You can find us, and you can call in at any time, but just don't do it right at the end. Peace. If you want to move to the free state, and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark
3: Warden.
5: Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com.